0: Hey there! Hello, everybody! Welcome to Guaranteed Audio, episode 21, I believe. Be you positive? I, well, we talk about this every episode. We got mixed up at some point, but I'm going to say 21. I'm going to say 22. Today's episode, uh, we, we just kind of decided to do it yesterday, and uh, we couldn't get Ryan down here. So, filling in for Ryan is uh, my wife and uh, friend <laughs> <laughs> Ming Doyle,
1: also a half Irish person. So half as good as Ryan. Half as Irish, at least.
0: <laughs> Diet Ryan. Diet, Diet Ryan. Ryan. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, I'm Neil Ciceriga and of course uh, I'm Kevin James.
1: And I'm Ming Doyle.
0: Yeah. So um, today we're we're going to be talking about mostly music and CDs and stuff, but we'll save that talk for later. Right now, uh, we're We're all friends outside of the (laughs) podcast, so let's catch up a little.
2: Uh, What have you been up to, Kevin? Oh my god, I took this week off of work uh, to travel a little bit. I went to New York City with my girlfriend last week. I'm probably going back in two weeks for work. Uh, And I've been renovating my house, which has been a year-long, arduous process from which there is no escape but it's getting there and it's going to have a studio in it. Like I, I, think I mentioned this three episodes ago, Yeah. <laughs> which is what we only do an episode once every five months. So that's a year and a half ago, basically. Uh, well, once you have the studio, once I have the studio, then yeah. I can sell it.
0: Oh. <laughs> but it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna We're going to have
2: uh, like three movies in a row that take place in a crypt set. <laughs> yeah. Yes. We it's a, I have a 500 square foot garage with a barn ceiling and that's pretty much why I bought the place. And, uh, the plan is to build a crypt set in there for a movie we want to make. And it was decided well, if we do, we build a crypt set. We have to kind of just haphazardly make other things that take place in a crypt to take advantage of all the work that's going to go I feel into like that.
1: most of your ideas could take place in a crypt. That, oh. That's fair play. That's, <laughs> that's the so
2: extension scary. of why, like, why do so many other movies have a fake skeleton in them? Because
1: <laughs> we bought a fake skeleton. <laughs> we bought two, actually.
2: Uh, but yeah, that's kind of been my life uh, over the last week or.
1: I like the idea of leaving the fake crypt set up also for the Redfin listing. Mm -hmm. I
2: know when I lived in Somerville four years ago, uh, five years ago, we shot Mr. Basement in my basement. Oh, yeah. Using like a a 14 millimeter lens to kind of make the basement look bigger. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we ended up, I ended up showing that video to the landlord because I liked that landlord. And they ended up using that video to like, as went, part of selling, as that. part of selling it to some college kids, like uh, you guys should rent this house. Like, look how big the basement there's is. There's a Demon in the basement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's kind of been my life uh,
0: recently. Mm. We've been raising our kid, Darcy.
1: Yeah, Neil, our life, our life recap can be one because our lives are one. That's,
0: that's very true. You didn't hold my hand oh, when sorry. I held it up. Thank <laughs> you.
1: It's an audio podcast. I know, but that was for me.
0: Uh, we just uh, just yesterday sent Darcy to her first day of pre-K.
1: I know she's in full-time pre-K, and uh, four days out of the week she's there until 4 p.m., which is why we can now speak with each other. We can
0: do stuff like podcasts. We can enjoy
1: the silence.
0: (sighs) Uh, I recently—it was my birthday. I turned 36.
3: Congratulations, my sweet baby boy!
0: And uh, it was Ryan's birthday too recently, and we all kind of like got together in Somerville. Me, Ryan, Kevin, and a few of Dan Hamilton, Corey Tilton, dinosaur
2: expert Corey Tilton. Mm
0: And uh, we saw RoboCop. It was a, a nice screening of RoboCop at the Somerville Theater.
2: I was trying to convince the gang to do the double feature with the original Terminator, but two things came up. Mm-hmm. A, Terminator started at midnight.
1: Ugh, we can't be doing
3: no, that. And, no.
2: it, it, and, and B, you know, RoboCop's first.
0: Objectively, they're like films of a similar quality, but... RoboCop is just like such a, a fun movie theater experience. It's, it's such it's yeah. a two hour candy bar. Like that movie yeah. does
2: not stop being good. I, I love the first Terminator, but you can't end the night. You can't yeah, be walking out of the theater at two a.m. Yeah, after it's, the after RoboCop.
1: Yeah, yeah like, RoboCop yeah. is just so bombastic. Yeah, super fantastic. And, it, <laughs> it, it, and even
2: the nasty vegetables, like the bitter pill part of RoboCop, that's mm. still there at the end. It doesn't really linger on your tongue. You d- you just walk out of the theater going, man. RoboCop. That's like uh, the third time we've seen RoboCop in a movie theater. together. Yeah. So
1: unrelated. I really have been wanting to rewatch Starship Troopers too.
2: I watched that like two weeks prior with Corey. Oh yeah. And um, and it holds up just as well probably. Starship Troopers like like RoboCop has aged like freaking wine. The visual effects in Starship Troopers are like crazy good for 1996 <laughs> or whatever it was. Like, yeah. The RoboCop screening in Somerville was great because a lot of the people in that theater were college kids who had never seen it before. Oh so, yeah. like, that's so sweet that's so, awesome so people like <laughs> cheered when the guy gets his dick shot off <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> what was it you like uh you like made a comment to like someone who was seeing it for the first time before it started right like just someone in the line i, I was you. in
2: line getting popcorn and there's like a group of like 20 year olds behind me talking about oh i i hear i hear it does this i hear it's about that and i looked over and i said listen I'm going to tell you one bit of advice for RoboCop. Yeah. You're going to want to laugh. You can laugh. You can laugh. It's this not This movie
1: serious. knows yeah. what it's doing. Oh, yeah. Because I think a lot of people think that it's, you know, it's like a serious kind of horror film or, or just a really heavy, burdensome social commentary or a tragedy even, because especially because of the re- the remake with RoboCop that they did a few years ago. That was like kind of the vibe.
2: Yeah, that, that movie really expounds <laughs> upon like 10 minutes of RoboCop 1 and 2 into a full yeah, movie. Yeah, but
1: no, it's totally just like... Um, it's a, a ultra violent, like basically rated NC seventeen film that's held together by a bunch of like community public access commercials. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, I, I think I described it as like it's like
0: seventy percent comedy. Yeah, like <laughs> it really cool. hates America too. Oh yeah, so, in a that's fun why way, we love it. And another big news: uh, we got kittens. We got kittens. We got two. We got two little
1: cats. We got two cats. Yay,
0: Yay, two gray cats. Their names are
1: Maple and Huey, their brother and sister. And they're the sister of a gargoyles because they're little gray stone gremlins. And also, it's a portmanteau of our names. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they're super sweet. Do you like them, Kevin? Oh, yeah, I love them. Kevin, um, do you like our cats?
2: I love that uh, when Neil texted me about your new cats, he immediately said, he said, "Maple and Huey." Yes, Huey's named after Huey, <laughs> Huey <laughs> I, Lewis. Huey Lewis in the news. Didn't give me a window to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even get in on this one, Kevin. Yes, uh, you know he is. <laughs> I like Huey's clearly an old soul. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, I like his little uh, forepaw, his little thumb.
1: Well, he's actually a quadra So, that polydactyl means he's got the extra digit. He has the thumbs. Oh. He's got the mint hands. And he's quadra, which is kind of uh, interesting because it means all four of his limbs have an extra digit. Usually it's just the Rare. front two, right? Usually it's yeah. just the front two. Sometimes yeah. it can only be one of the front paws, but mm. he's got all four. So, he's the luckiest extra clover bean cat we love them it's just a nice it's a nice vibe to have cats in the house again yeah
0: i'm literally like with my right hand i'm, I'm petting uh <laughs> maple's belly right now she's a she's a cat that'll let you touch her belly too. these
1: cats will just let you touch the bellies i know
0: that's <laughs> it for life stuff that's the
1: only things the only things that have happened in our lives
0: well the next segment is a media current trademark guaranteed audio This is the part where we talk about uh, stuff that we've been watching or listening to or playing recently. So uh, Ming, why don't you go first?
1: Oh, boy. Well, I mean, I'm going to preface it with the same thing that you'll say, Neil, which is that we barely have any time to watch media of our own because of the child <laughs> the
3: child that lives with us the child uh, the right. child
1: who watches her youtube <laughs> let's plays and her minecrafts and robloxes um but i have been trying to stay up a little past her and i watched uh some of the star star wars cartoons lately because um i've had a really traumatic year past few years i think we all have so i'm just kind of reverting back into that primordial 13-year-old boy form of myself that I was as a kid, and I'm just like going to the comfort media, the Star Wars, the Lord of the Rings, the oh, Star yeah. Trek, you know, the foundational stuff. Um, and I have been catching up on some of the animated uh, Star Wars things on Disney+.
2: So it's new, it's new though? This is like It's new, new. it's okay, new. Yeah.
1: Okay, well, uh, new-ish, I don't know. It's like, so I've been watching, I watched the first uh, season of The Bad Batch, which I guess uh, picks up at the tail end of that, Clone Wars cartoon which I watched half of full disclosure but I like Bad Batch it's a it's a five bad clones I like clone stories I like a, a clone story and one of them Kevin you would actually really like because one of them is essentially Rambo (laughs) <laughs> he's got like half a painted face a bandana I like one it. and a half Rambo movies <laughs> <laughs> so they're, they're
0: all clones of uh, Django Fett they're basically. all clones yeah. of
1: Django Fett but the conceit is that they're that bad batch yeah. I mean they've all been um, miscloned sometimes it's on purpose it's a House purpose. of Cosby yeah. situation cost- yeah, totally <laughs> this, this one smells real good this one hack does computers this
2: one tells knock knock jokes <laughs> this
1: one tells knock knock jokes this one's a girl <laughs> like, <laughs> just interesting terrible things <laughs> um, and it's great you know it's just, it's fun. It, uh, you can watch it without having seen The Clone Wars, which is great because uh, I have very little spare hard drive space in my head anymore for picking up canon so I, I like just jumping into it and seeing a Star Wars and then I was also watching some of that um, Rebels cartoon which going back to your oh are these current I was like yes it just came out in I think 2016 or something so anything
2: past 2012 feels like it right. just came out right me. but I, I like
1: Rebels because they actually got some of the original uh, Star Wars cast to reprise their roles so you got yep. Billy D. Williams doing sounding really young sounding really young and slick as a young Lando on there yeah. anyway
2: what have you been doing what have you been feasting on yeah <laughs> so uh when i was in new york city i went in i went to the museum of sex which, oh. which is pretty cool okay oh, uh, <laughs> it was pretty honestly I, so i looked up reviews for it because you know, it was like 45 bucks a ticket right and i was like okay is this gonna be worth it because it's new york you know, like sometimes you get horn swoggled
1: Ah, horn swoggled. Horn at yeah, the Museum yeah. of horn Sex. Hornswoggle's a hell
2: of a word. To, yeah, put in <laughs> like the same... I I
0: feel like going into a place marked the Museum of Sex, they're going to just like, hit you over the head and steal your wallet. So... <laughs> where? Now, what are needs... you going to do? Tell the police <laughs> yeah. where you went? It <laughs> <And laughs> needs to be
1: said again. You're going to get horn swoggled there, kid. you got to
2: fill out a report. The, uh, <laughs> I so I, I'd gone to Ellis Island for the first time and Liberty Island the day before. <laughs>
1: okay,
3: so like the great the, history of that was, America. And that then. was
2: awesome. Like that was like twenty five bucks, like in the ferry rides and all that. Like you mm. really felt you got your money's worth out of a New York, a day in New York City. We I should I, do that someday. Yeah, yeah. But uh, going from that to the Museum of Sex, I was like, okay, is this just going to be some like hodgepodge like scheme? Like, it's, am I going to get my money's worth? So what worth? was it? So so I it, a wax museum. It, you basically like, right. it, it was a two part experience like the first part was the museum the second part was like the seasonal exhibit and the seasonal exhibit was this thing called um uh funland every room you went into like looked super interesting like 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 there was like a room that was basically a prison you a prism you mm-hmm. walked through like like so like it was like cool. perfect for instagram pictures right. and stuff like that but then there would be like carnival uh, games you could play like you know when you go to a carnival and you do the, the water gun game uh-huh. and yeah. there's like things racing from left to right like and whoever like fills up the water the most like their their horse crosses the finish line first yeah yeah but all the 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 characters that are riding the horses are like um like indian sex uh gods deities like oh. you deities yeah uh and like so like that part was fun like the funland part was like the real reason we wanted to see it oh, okay but the first part had gotten a lot of nasty reviews on like TripAdvisor and stuff, so I was kind of holding my breath and worried it was going to be like like oh, a no. shame. And it was it was awesome. Like literally, the first thing you see when you walk in is about like the history of abortion laws in the United States.
1: Oh, okay. Oh, that, hence the bad reviews. Yes.
2: Right. Ah. <laughs> so the second I saw that, I was like, oh, this is going to be great. People. <laughs> this is actually said, educational. Yeah, yeah. yeah people are just awesome. like, oh, I just wanted to see like pictures of Marilyn Monroe. Like, like I don't know. What people expected like it's literally yeah. called the museum. Like. But um no super interesting uh very funny obviously like it it knew like uh wouldn't have its tongue firmly in its cheek and all that stuff yeah um, but that definitely worth the money um
1: cool. hard to
2: impress after going to Liberty Island and Ellis Island
1: but you didn't feel like your forty five dollars were wasted no no no
2: it was seriously it was like two and a half hours it was like it, that's it was, awesome it was crazy like like in depth and fun there was a um you would have loved this nail at the very end they had a computer that was called like Wedding Bot. <laughs> and you went up and like every interface on it was like disparate technology yeah
3: mm-hmm.
2: like the keyboard on it was like an old touchtone phone like remapped into a keyboard and it like when you like you like would fill out information about like you and your partner you're getting like computer married and it was asking like these really weird obtuse questions about your relationship <laughs> it printed out like a super rudimentary like cvs receipt about your wedding at the end and it popped out like a little uh plastic bubble with the cheapest wedding rings you've ever seen like it was really funny just like that sounds cute but like it was like a statement about the the over commoditization of weddings and the industry the industrialization bingo yeah um that that was really cool but uh the the, this one other thing that was uh it was like a public kissing booth and but this is the thing you go up and uh, you and your partner uh hold on to these metal handles and you have to kiss for 30 seconds while it lightly electrocutes you dang yeah what yeah. is
1: this some sort of a reconditioning yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but we're like, gonna awaken something in you here at the museum
2: so, so like you'd watch people like go up and like their hair would stand on end and everything like that
1: is, is like, it like trying to give you the tingles is that the yeah, idea Yeah, like but okay you
2: feel it through your lips like one person's actually getting electrocuted and the other person isn't so if you're, uh, as long okay. as you touch it you know what I mean oh, like it's like so intimacy it's it, 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 it fun as hell I think this the first time someone's
0: talked about a a museum on our podcast
1: (laughs) which is sad because i love museums and i'm always dragging you well before we had a child i was always dragging you to them but let's go to museums not the museum of sex let's go to the children's museum a nice wholesome museum museum.
2: (laughs) i was trying so hard on liberty island not to keep making ghostbusters jokes oh boy i did i succeeded but when i got to the i I paid extra to get into the statue of liberty pedestal Mm -hmm. And I'm in there and I'm I'm in line with a few people so I can go up. It's like it's like fifty feet or something. It's like five stories. Um, so you could be at like the feet of the Statue of Liberty. Nice. Uh it's it's in and um I'm looking around and um this guy who works there asks me, Oh, you look confused, are you lost? I'm like, No, it's just, you know, it looks nothing like the end of X-Men. And the guy broke out laughing. And <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, he's like, Oh, I haven't gotten that one yet.
1: I'm like, Oh, I'm surprised.
2: <laughs>
0: like,
1: look, I kinda thought it would gonna look like inside of the movie. Yeah. <laughs>
0: What have I been? Yeah. Uh, So, uh, Darcy, our child, has (laughs) watched Mary Poppins for the first time recently. I guess that's going to be my media
1: current. We had to do something to break up all of the YouTube unboxing videos and Uh, let's plays. Even on the YouTube Kids app, there are like some YouTube poops and weird. Uh, we, some poops and yeah. some weird concerning things come through. That well,
0: yeah. So it's like a it is a hop, skip, and a jump to like stuff for like for eleven and twelve year olds yeah. that get a little dicey it's in all, that way. Yeah. yeah. anyway, anyway so Mary Poppins. We really, an like, intergenerational classic.
1: Watch a real film. Yeah. Try and watch a real film.
0: Did you watch that growing up? Nah. No. No. Nah. No. What about oh. as an adult? No, I've never seen it. Oh, it's, okay.
1: What? I I I know
2: of it. Uh, that's no, that, that's fine, because I, I understand I that. I it's because, yeah. no,
0: because a lot of, like, 60s, like, family musicals are ass. They're just, like... <laughs> like shitty, shitty bang, bang. Yeah.
1: But this is Mary Poppins. This is Mary
0: Poppins, and I grew up with it, and I always thought it was just hilarious. Practically Dick, perfect in every way. She's great. Julie Andrews is legitimately great. Dick Van Dyke is hilarious. You know, like, watching it as a dad now, like, it is kind of just about the dad. Uh, oh,
1: tell Kevin what you said about the mom.
0: The mom. Oh, yeah, the mom in that movie is, like... Pre- kind of hot now, like. She- <laughs> Neil, it was you, so good. You've cute. aged other- into appreciation. I've aged it. Well, I always thought like, oh, she's like, oh, she's like, kind of like a, a cute lady. Like, I don't
1: know. I think it's like if you see it as a kid, you're just like, oh yeah, that's a mom. But Neil saw it with the dad side. The dad side. Well, I mean, like
0: uh, Dick Van Dyke is a uh, is is a treat too. He's a big lanky dude, and he's. I like a lanky dude. Got that twinkle in it, that twinkle in his eye. and He keeps staring out to the the sky and like. Uh, wistfully talking about like the the chimney sweep world. It's like, <laughs> I think you'd the, really appreciate
1: <laughs> the secret world above all the muck and grime up of society. On the
0: rooftops,
1: it's a hidden land you can. His accent it. is really
0: bad, but the music is all, is really good too. Now as a grown musician, I'm like, oh, this is very well. Uh, orchestrated music.
2: Shady, shady, bang, bang came out after Mary Poppins. After right? Mary Poppins, because they, they thought he was like the the secret sauce, right? Yeah, because
0: like Mary that... Poppins is better. Oh, Mary yeah.
2: Poppins is uh, it's it's the
0: the cream of the crop. It's yeah, it's, it's good it. stuff. If no if you're if you're out there and you never watched Mary Poppins, <laughs> watch it. Also. Uh, I think you'd appreciate it as like an early blue screen movie. A lot of it. Yes. i heard of that. Yeah, takes yeah. place. It's not blue screen. It's yellow screen. It's this own special process that only Disney uses. They jump into used. a painting. And they jump into paintings, and it's like if you watch it from that eye, there's a lot of composited shots that are like kind of amazing for a '60s movie.
2: So you uh, you showed Darcy Mary Poppins.
0: Oh yeah, what did she think of it? Yeah. Uh, it, very cute. She's been singing the songs all day. We. Uh, she woke
1: up this morning, and the very first thing she said was. It was really sad how the daddy lost his job. <laughs> yeah, spoilers. <laughs> we're walking a fine line where um, I don't know. It's like we kind of let her watch the the let's plays and the YouTube and stuff, so she can you know relate to her fellow man, the other children. That's fair. That yeah. She knows because other, with us we'll just be like, no, watch the stuff that we watched that was old, even when we were kids.
0: So. <laughs> well, she has a. I think she has a creative. Appreciation for she video does. games already because I've been playing some stuff with her. I've been playing Luigi's Mansion yeah. yes. Three. Yeah. She loves gaming. Switch. She's a gamer. She likes games. She lets me catch the ghosts, but that game is all just like exploring and like environmental it's reson- puzzles. It's Resident Evil for kids. Yeah, it's it's great. <laughs> That's I, awesome. I'm like, really I'm really it. enjoying yeah. it. I'm like halfway through it. And- yeah. I, uh, I, I'm like resisting the urge to play without her because she'll get upset that she missed something. She would
1: very upset.
2: <laughs> I, I just the other day, uh, Stacy has a switch and she she's got a few games for it, but she never played Mario uh, Odyssey, and I haven't played it either. So I, I went on Facebook Marketplace and I got a copy for thirty bucks, which is a steal for a first party Nintendo game. Half off, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and like we 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 put like two hours into that, and uh, I haven't really liked a 3D Mario since yeah. 64. Like, I didn't like Galaxy. I know is that's Is that Heresy. the one
1: where it's like, I mean, I know all the levels are different, but there's that one where it's like a city and he's just walking around a city. And you can and, throw, the yeah, you throw the hat. Yeah, you throw the hat. Yeah, you throw the hat. And it's, he's got lots of cute costume changes in that.
2: The whole hook of that game is he gets a hat. It's a magic hat that when he puts <laughs> it on people, he turns into whatever he throws the hat on. Hey. And the first time you do it in the game, uh, Stacy's playing it and she finds this frog and the hat lands on the frog and this cutscene happens where you see... <laughs>
1: Is it like The Fly?
2: What Mario sees when he becomes something, oh, no. wow. and it's like kind of freaky. And Mario's like, "What the hell's going on?" <laughs> like he gets like sucked in, and like the frog's eyes go like a kimbo and everything. And um, I, I did not care for Mario Sunshine. I didn't like the Galaxy games that much, but Mario sixty four is like one of my all time favorite video games, and hey. it's, why I, it's why I love Jack and Daxter and uh, Astrobot and all that stuff. But this game, um, I've definitely out of the blue been playing Switch. Like yeah. it's been out yeah. for years, and I just never, I never bought one, and you know, I just hadn't, had, didn't have time for it. But it's a 3D Mario game. There's I'm
1: some like, cute games on it for sure. Oh yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of bad culture from our youth, let's talk about how we accessed music when we were younger. <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, my idea for this segment. Uh, yeah, Bing, explain your yeah. thesis. <laughs> I'm well, the other day justifying. we were visiting your house, uh, mm-hmm. Ming, and uh, we went into the basement to uh, like clear out some of your old. Cole- uh, my you know. childhood ephemera. Yeah, and uh, one particular box was more from your college years. I want to say. Yeah,
1: it was like yeah, it was definitely early college years. So I'm gonna say like 2003 to five, like you know, my freshman to kind of sophomore years.
0: Yeah, and in there it was mostly CDs. Burned
1: CDs, some actual CDs, but a lot of burned CDs. Yeah.
0: yeah, kind of a good yeah, a good haul of both.
1: I loved music, you know, that's so much of what being a, that's so much of what being one of the youths is about, being a young person is uh, you know, just experiencing music and kind of letting that inform who you are. I guess it's like the aesthetic, the vibe, setting the mood board, the audio mood board well, think, of who you want to be.
2: I think it's the commitment at the time especially with albums because i I feel like albums aren't as i think they're becoming like kind of a okay boomer thing i I don't know if people (laughs) listen to
1: albums anymore because i like we have spotify we mainly use it to just play music for darcy or you know whatever like when we're cleaning the house i don't know i don't know if the kids are sitting down and listening to like the full album or if they're just doing like shuffle or what
2: i mean you could look back on like what cds were when Mm -hmm. we were teenagers and you could pick them apart because it was it's, they were, most of them were just transparently All right, Limp Bizkit's going to put out a new album with right, two songs it. you actually want to hear and that's $20 in 1999 money. And you just
1: buy it. You're And like, oh, you just bought it. Oh yeah, I heard that system of a down song. So let me go to Newberry Comics and buy this whole CD. <laughs>
2: totally. And But like I think the reason why it speaks to you, music speaks to us so much when we're teens is, I mean, it's a bit of a capitalism thing here because you're buying it, but mm. you, it's, 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 it's a relatively small investment there are thousands of options. Or you least at access the, to cultural capital that way, too. Bingo. You get to like kind of level up, and you get to pick your RPG stats. Sure. Like what yeah. you're going to pick up. Like, uh, I remember yeah.
1: discovering, quote unquote, like Bob Dylan and Led Zeppelin, late high school, early college. And I was like, oh, this is great.
2: It took me until college to listen to any any of that good stuff. Yeah, yeah. There. I mean, well,
1: I just had never heard of that stuff, yeah. you know, as a teen or as a younger teen. And then I was like, Led Zeppelin. Yeah, and then I'm wearing a Led Zeppelin T-shirt and, you know, 2004 yeah. walking around. I'm like, I discovered this. Yeah. Like, I know about rock music. Did
2: you, were you a CD kid at all, Neil? I feel like you'd be the first person in Massachusetts to be downloading MP3s.
0: So. I have a little bit of both. Um, <laughs> yeah.
1: Surfing the Pirate Bay.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I do have, I still have some of my CDs in a, in a box over on the other side of the apartment. Um, I want to say... I probably bought, I don't know, like less than 30 CDs.
1: Oh, sorry. We're just talking about the CDs and you're saying, oh, most of these CDs are from when you were in college. I want to preface that by saying that I actually spent my um, junior year of high school, the whole junior year of high school, 2000, 2001, abroad in Beijing, Mm -hmm. People's Republic of China. Um, And the reason, one of the huge reasons I have so many CDs is Mm -hmm. that. In 2001, in Beijing, there was a huge, and I, there probably still is, but a huge ripped media market. Oh yeah, you know, you just you go into actual stores and you buy just illegal copies of CDs and movies and things, and that's what I was doing. I mean, also like we visited um, Vietnam while we were there, and we went to a huge market where you could just buy a bunch of CDs for like the the equivalent of like one Vietnamese dollar a pop. I, I was getting, like, Slater-Kinney CDs in Vietnam and like that... ha, and Hanoi and stuff like that. So, so you, yeah, you that's why I have, have so many. Of... I have hundreds and hundreds of, um you know, pirate Bootlegs. <laughs> Listen, yeah. bootlegs. I have bootleg CDs and DVDs. Um, I'm actually holding one right now. It's too bad that this is an audio uh, podcast. But this is the copy of the soundtrack, music from an inspired by the very first Spider-Man film with in- Topi Maguire. Inspired by. Him. That I bought in China. You can see it's got... It's so all, all of the copy is in, you know, simplified Chinese. what's Aerosmith in Chinese? <laughs> yeah, well, no, it's all, all of the, all of the artists are written in English, but you know, oh, okay. Pearl Jam, Chad Kroger, except you know that it's bootleg because it's um, not Chad Kroger. It's Chad Kroeg.
2: <laughs> they say Chad
1: Kruger. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just interesting things Can like that. that? Um, it also has Wong Lee Home on it, who is a big um, Chinese pop star. And I don't know if he was on the actual American released or not. So this might have just been I added. could see
2: Sony like doing that. Yeah, like maybe doing like a separate CD for the yeah.
1: Chinese market the Asian market. But um yeah, when I was really like homesick for America in two thousand and one in Beijing, get. I got this and I would just listen to it on my Walkman and walk the main streets.
2: My first album ever was a cassette tape. My dad bought me uh I forget which store. Is it was at the Kingston Mall, but it was before FYE and it was the Back to the Future soundtrack. Which awesome. is like there's like two Alan Silvestri score hits on it. And the rest is just, you know, got like Huey Lewis on some Lewis. Hue- oh yeah. That's what got me into Huey Lewis. Like mm-hmm. the, like that, like there's some Huey Lewis. There was all the other crap on there, but what What Neil, did you ever, did you ever buy or get like a CD or a tape? Like when you were super young, when I was super young, uh,
0: I don't know. I had that Ren and Stimpy like uh soundtrack that I, I apparently loaned you and you the lost orange, it. the orange cassette tape. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, I don't remember a ton of, like, cassette stuff. Maybe I had, like, the uh, the Pete and Pete soundtrack at one point. Oh, really? I don't know. That's, I, that was,
2: like, underground, like, for a while. Like, that was hard to get until we were, like, 20. I, re- I just remember, like, at school, like... Um, the Polaris stuff.
0: Yeah. yeah, Polaris. I remember, like, at school, like, some, like, uh, report we were doing asked me, like, what's your favorite musical artist? And I didn't know what to put, so I'm like, Polaris. That's a good pick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: We I feel like we're all of a good, we're, we're all of a certain age where burning CDs and MP3s hit kind of right in the middle of our cultural yeah. yes adolescence. So
1: many of my CDs, if they're not bootleg Chinese yeah. versions, or you know, I did actually buy some actual CDs from yeah. stores. Then they're just essentially mixtapes, and you know, a lot of them. Oh, yeah. I was It was very nostalgic because I was going through these whole spindle stacks full of CDs and I just saw the handwriting from all of my friends from art school and yeah. everything saying like, happy birthday, here's a CD I made for you and just like seeing all the things that we were listening to and passing along and, you know, it was just really touching.
2: I, you build associations with songs and their relationships to other songs because yeah. of burnt CDs. Like I'll, I'll be listening to a song on like YouTube music and it'll play and I'll, have this idea of what the next song should be because of a cd it used to be on like a burnt Mm -hmm. cd i made as a teenager like oh like born to run's ending now i'm gonna hear you know dare to be stupid or something yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) i think my first like
0: proper album that i got that my parents bought uh it was right before we went to disney world yeah and i guess for like the, the the trip down or something they bought me and Emmy, uh, like the Weird Al box set. It was like four discs with like, um, you know, with like six songs from each of his album,
3: or mm. something like that. So it was
0: just like all like the like the best the better material from, <laughs> from all of his albums up until like, uh, Bad Hair Day. Yeah, and that was like my my entry into the world of Weird Al and like the deeper discography of Weird Al. <laughs> yeah, entree. I, and it like li- and literally like all like the. It, like, got me into a lot of other artists because he had, like...
1: Who he was parodying. Yeah, yeah he had, yeah. you know, like,
0: Devo. The Devo song, he had a, you know, a Talking Heads-style yeah. parody. And I, like, learned about these songs. Ming right now is holding up her very cool Matrix soundtrack. This Hell is of a my, soundtrack. This
1: is my burned copy of the first Matrix song soundtrack. And um Matrix movie soundtrack. And I've written on it. You know, I've done the Matrix font in Sharpie. I've written down everyone... Who is all of the artists and the sound and the songs. And then I've also included my own commentary, which I just wrote kick ass. It did like a thought bubble. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, this movie's kick ass it's and this pretty music good. Yeah.
0: is uh. Oh, and you like filled you in the background so the
2: matrix is white on black.
1: Yes, it's I, yeah.
2: I, I was always split on tapes and CDs for the longest time because I would get discmans, but I would frequently be in cars that had tape decks right. mm-hmm. and like the tape to discman converters would only work for like three months and then they'd fall apart. Sure. Um, so like I, I had uh, Running With Scissors, the Weird Al album on cassette. I had that on cassette. Nice. But I had like, a, I, at, that t- at that point I still had CDs. I was still buying them. But for some reason I got that on cassette. Um, and I remember going on a camping trip once with my family and I remember hanging out in my parents' Bronco just to listen to the Weird Al album. And like awesome. my dad getting concerned I was going to like kill the car battery by listening to it for too long. <laughs> I think I listened to the album like twice. And that was, I mean, well, it was like probably like 45 minutes. It was a very like, responsible yeah. amount of time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they, but uh, I, CDs, like we, they kind of took off in a weird way because they were big in the, they, they came out in the eighties and getting a, a compact disc player was such a big thing. It wasn't until the late nineties that like skip protection was taking yeah. off on Discman's and Discman's like. They ran the gambit. You could buy like a twenty dollar one when we were teenagers, and they were trash. Yeah. Or you could spend forty dollars. I g- think uh, like most
3: yeah.
1: of like the Sony Walkmans and stuff I had for like fifty, fifty five dollars. Yeah. Like you got you got a Discman or whatever, and you're like, this is this is an investment.
2: Bass boost and all that.
1: Yeah. I think my first actual CD that my parents bought me might have been Spice Girls, Spice World. Oh, that's
0: a great CD. <laughs> yeah. very good. I think um, yeah, I think I start I got into music around the time that like cds were pretty much like cassettes were just about to die and yeah. uh and we always had a couple cd players and i want to say our car had a a cd uh like shuffler in the back trunk Whoa. it was like a caddy yeah. you ejected oh, yeah. and you put yeah, yeah. five five, you could discs. Put five discs in it and yep. then put it back in and then at the front console you pick which disc to play
1: yes like, i remember that like yeah. of
2: how godlike you'd feel because at the time like if you had a cassette tape you'd have, like fast forward through the songs and even then you're only going to fit like maybe 10 songs soaking wet, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then to go from that to like five compact discs, that's like 70 songs maybe. Oh, like, yeah. And under on tap.
1: And right? then you start burning MP3 data files under the CD with your Nero and everything. And you're like, I've got 200 songs on Ooh. That was yes. huge in
2: high school. I, I went to a vocational high school. I, I took electrical engineering. So I was with all like the computer-y, techie kids in mm-hmm. shop, right? And we had CD burners. People would literally come to our shop during yep. the day yep. and come by between like they'd have hall passes to go to the bathroom and they'd like walk up to our shop and be like, Hey Kevin, could you like burn me a copy of that system of a down album? Like, yeah. do you guys have it? Cause we had like a T one line. Right. Yeah. And we'd like pirate music and burn CDs. I love people. how we're
1: just all outing ourselves as criminals here, we're but t-takers. I mean, this is what everyone did though. Yeah. I would go to the library yeah. and I would absolutely burn and rip every yeah. DVD and CD that I borrowed. Yeah, you
2: know? absolutely. There's no, there was no point not to, I, when I, Finally, got like a DVD drive on my computer. I remember getting, I was so excited to like rip movies so I could watch them on my PSP. Yep. You know what I mean? Because it was like a 16 by 9 screen. But the, the music stuff, I, I remember this guy new named Matt had. Uh, always a, a Matt. Always a Matt. He had a, like, some sort of like MP3 player built into his car where you could like eject the player out. It was like a Discman, but you could put it into your dashboard like you were in a uh, video drone. And. <laughs> the the the, the player, put it into your abdomen yeah yeah and, <laughs> the device it could it had like built-in storage it was like flash media which was amazing for 2004 or 3 or yeah. something like that. but it only had like x amount of megabytes of storage and matt thought he was so clever he compressed all of his music down to like like 48 kilobyte per second Mono. Oh, I bet that sounded great. It's not, and it was all <laughs> pop punk stuff. Yeah. So a lot of cymbals being hit. It sounded like you were just listening to music underwater. It was so <laughs> bad. And it stuck out in my mind because he thought he was the hottest shit. Because he had this uh, MP3 player in his car. Yeah, and I, I figured I sp- it out. And I, I spoke up at one code. point. I'm like, this sounds like shit. And he's like, No, it doesn't. I'm like, how do you not notice? <laughs> like, like it was just an emperor's new clothes thing. Well, like, that's it, the
1: difference, because you're you're pushing it from the technical audio visual side that you always do, Kevin. Mm-hmm. You're like, the f- the fidelity of the sound. Yeah, it's yeah. not good. And he was just like, I am a golden god. I, I have <laughs> brought you music to this realm. I have every
2: newfound Glory <laughs> album now on this. Great. <laughs> I, I, I do remember at some point they started mastering and remastering old albums specifically for iTunes and like MP3 storefront distribution to sound better when compressed because yeah. a lot of Foo Fighters albums like yeah. got that like sticker like this now sounds better.
1: Oh my gosh. I'm remembering this now. They had You're to unlocking memories in me.
2: What I wanted to get back to with the burnt CDs and the mix CDs uh, thing was...
1: My beautiful babies.
2: I mean, like I, I remember some of the earliest memories I have of music was recording music off the radio at night with like a cassette player. Yeah. Ooh. Like, and I had to hold the record button. Yep. Right. Like, cause my tape player was messed
1: that's up. That's the OG mixtape.
2: And like, do you think, do you think listening to albums like premeditated, like, like a, a band puts out an album and hear the songs you're supposed to listen to in order. Do you think that's like a really a lost, discipline or something that no this one ever really so,
1: wanted this is so interesting that you say this because neil your whole deal yeah <laughs> i mean that to is make albums
0: yeah that is something i strongly believe in and yeah. that's like something i really push like when i put out like a new mouth yeah. album you I like I'll, to present it as a i, I present it i make sure all the tracks flow into each other in interesting ways and i upload it as a continuous mix yeah. on soundcloud mm-hmm. um and, uh, you know, I try and encourage people to like, you know, when it drops, I want you all to w- listen to it at the same time so right. you can react in real time and stuff. Um, so I think people do kind of appreciate that experience
1: still. I like it, too. I like listening to an album. Same. I like having a curated experience where I know, oh, the artist sat down and they, this is how they wanted me to go through the story. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I got
0: into that. I mean, like uh, Abbey Road is a lot like that sure. and stuff. So I like it. I remember like early album experiences feeling that way and uh, I think one of the first CDs I bought was Cornelius, the Japanese, the <laughs> Japanese Beck they called him
1: he, <laughs> everybody knows and
0: I think he was like the first uh like album that I listened to like with headphones that uh, all the tracks flowed into each other like a track would seamlessly become the next track yeah and that was like very uh, huge, made a huge impression on me and that's how I've done all my albums since then um. And that is something that uh, I think
1: the kids still like that.
0: I think people do like that, and they're impressed by it. But stuff like Spotify, you know, throws right. a uh, you know, throws a wrench into the works because the, it'll the literally thing. put a little pause between the tracks sometimes, and
1: or an ad break or whatever. Yeah,
2: yeah. I, I have a lot of uh, a lot of bands I'm into, a lot of smaller acts that I access through Bandcamp. Will do the trick where they put out like the three or four big breadwinning singles mm-hmm. over the course of like three months leading up to the album. And then when the album drops you've already heard half the album mm-hmm. right sure and like but I, I'm the kind of guy that will spend 99 cents buying each mp3 just like support the band then the CD comes out and I drop another 12 bucks to get the CD sent to me Super I,
1: fan Kevin James I just
2: like having the CD in my car because like yeah. w- when I'm like on a road trip which I do frequently I I do like the experience of hearing an album front to back for that reason but I do think it's it's I I, I think I'm at a point now where it's like 80 20. Like the ratio of like just listening to a, like a single I want to hear mm. or, or like going on shuffle. I, I remember in college, uh, my buddies Anthony and Steve got me into the Who. Like they were the biggest Who fans. Yes, I, the Who. that was such Tommy, a college band. Tommy, Tommy, Tommy. They showed me Tommy. They, 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 all, all that stuff. And we watched the document. We watched two documentaries about the Who. Super funny. I'll tell you about. There's some really funny shit where Roger uh,
1: Daltrey was a real big goofball. Oh my God, Roger
2: Daltrey. His. There's an infomercial I saw with him years ago where he was doing like a Time Life ad to sell you like a cd set yep. of old and it's so obvious like he wasn't up to the task to like talk to the camera and do it <laughs> mm-hmm. so he would say like one line and they would cut to a close-up of this host that was working with him and she'd be like wow and that's roger daltrey saying that <laughs> anyway but um they got anyways the, my buddy Stephen, anthony get me into the who in college we watched this documentary where pete townsend started going off on um how they didn't want to do albums for the longest time because they said when they were growing up like compilate albums were all compilations you got Christmas you'd get like vinyls that were like here like five standards on one side five standards on the other and it'd just be a hodgepodge of just like people you didn't really care about recording them so when they when the who kind of came up like in the in the mid 60s late 60s or whatever they were kind of on that wave of reinventing the idea of a concept album of of a concept album and like it it, I felt like right at the time I was watching this documentary all my friends were getting into bands Mm. and like digital distribution and the democratization of selling directly to people was kicking off so all my friends and bands were having these arguments about like let's just make two singles or let's make a really good single and then like an acoustic b-side and put it out there and then you'd have the other stalwarts were like no we're gonna print our movie our our album to to cassette tape and that's gonna take off this isn't like 2006 like this is like you know like the beginning of the hipster this was my space time Well, well the end of my space times oh, yeah. for sure <laughs> but like the idea of listening to like a curated album is i like it but i do it less and less often and i hate that about my, even when i get cds off of bandcamp from people i listen to like the three songs i like and then i take the cd out like i i, I don't know what it is like
0: yeah i mean well nowadays on spotify i will occasionally listen to a, a whole album
3: yeah
0: um but it makes it very easy to just jump around you know you just i mean skip tracks this and stuff is... without without any guilt because it's not a entire product that you bought it's one of a thousand albums and if i'm not feeling this one i can go find something else it's
1: all part of the addification of our cultural consciousness
2: that's why i can't get into reels
1: and that's actually you know going back i was so excited that darcy watched mary poppins and you know she watched it over the course of two nights but at the beginning she was saying, I'm bored. Can we watch something else or something? Because she'd watched it for 10 minutes and Neil and I were like, no, you're going to watch this until the nice lady shows up and starts singing and you enjoy it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, it's because, you know, she has access to the tablet, to apps on the Roku. You know, she's going she's going in between Netflix Kids yeah. and Disney Plus or whatever. She is absolutely, I mean, I didn't want this to happen because I read all those same articles to It's like, oh, if you let a young brain have access to a tablet or whatever, it's gonna change their neural pathways and they're just gonna be clicking around and unable to concentrate on something for a sustained period of time. But how do you avoid that in this day and age when everything is so easy and you're so in- encouraged by by in fact, you know, the UI design yeah. to not stick with anything.
2: I was ranting about this on Twitter like a week ago. I I I, I never touch Facebook anymore unless it's to post vacation photos, basically.
1: Yeah, in and out.
2: And and, I, and every time I go on Facebook now, like I mean, f- my feed is literally just a bunch of reels, yeah. Which are kind of like you know, like the the mutated offspring of uh, vines. Yeah. I hit the ellipses every time and go, "Do not show these. I don't want to see reels. Please don't show me these." Yeah. And every time I open Facebook, it's like, "No, you want to watch 15 seconds of someone screaming or pretending they did a prank to their girlfriend in their kitchen, Ugh. and it's clearly staged." Bill, just... you love pranks.
0: I, well, I. Why love, did you? I fit? love.
2: I love uh, doing the pranks. <laughs> Are you an Eric Andre guy? I always forget.
1: Uh, kind of. I like. Uh... He's been watching this thing called Cart Narcs, oh, which yeah. is Cart essentially, Narks. It's essentially. Oh, you have told me about Cart yeah. Narks. yeah, That's like a social experiment prank. That's it's, like, that's jackass. It's a public service. That's actually. jackass. <laughs> that's,
2: that's like, there's an old jackass. Okay, we'll explain Cart Knox. Cart Narks. Narks is a guy Narks. who... Cat
1: Narks. Oh, Well, it's,
0: it's, it's actually a guy, but he claims to be multiple guys. He claims to be an organization. <laughs> and yeah. he just hangs I out. <laughs> he has a GoPro on his chest, and he hangs out in, in, uh, in um, par- parking lots all across the country. He uh, just, like, waits for someone to get in their car without putting their cart away. And he'll like, go up to them, and he'll, like, make a siren noise with his mouth and say, like, that's not where the cart goes.
3: With his mouth.
1: With his
0: mouth. He just tries to shame them, and if they are going to drive away, he put, throws a sticker, mag, uh, a, a <laughs> magnet on their car. He's like,
1: I don't return my cars. Yeah, he's and if, really... they, if, they,
0: if they get out and take it off, then he'll put it on again until like he escalates the situation into like a borderline fist fight over a, returning a shopping cart. Or
1: usually, because it's America, somebody pulls a gun on him. I don't think anyone's pulled a gun yes. on him. Oh, wait, yeah, it did somebody
0: happen has. once. Of course, oh, yeah. of
2: course. The reason, one of the... Cardinal examples I give for standing standing for Jackass is one of the first bits they ever did was Chris Pontius, who's I don't know if you remember Chris Pontius. He's he's party boy. He's the one that usually ends up naked. Okay. Um, and he dressed up as a a fairy godmother and he took a Easter basket filled with quarters. And he f- would just find meter maids and get like two cars ahead of them and just be like, "Oh, this one's low on minutes," and put quarters in. That's right? awesome. And he'd keep doing it, and that's like he great. got, and like, it's like it's like a three-minute skit, and he gets arrested twice during it for feeding
1: other people's meters. And
2: he's like, "I don't think this is illegal." They like, oh, go, "It's illegal." It's <laughs> like, really? I'm pretty sure it, it is illegal. But like that's like what that's what Jackass is to me. Like like uh, when, uh, I like those chaotic good, chaotic good. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So uh, well, let's go back to the early days of, of file sharing, because we've talked about burned CDs and ripped CDs, but uh, not so much about uh, acquisition Napster, acquisition from someone else's collection.
1: I got most of my MP3. I mean, yes, I had and LimeWire, and yeah. Napster and all of that. But, um, you know, back in the days, dial up, it would take you four hours to download one song or whatever yeah. but when i got to college to a certain extent this also existed at my boarding high school AIM, where
2: aim file share
1: no um kind of dc plus plus similar thing to aim file share yeah. but it's basically you know you access a server this is not this is like the early again early 2000s so it's really before sysadmin at colleges realized that they had to have um security and they couldn't just have like an open internet system where oh, yeah. every student could access every part, oh, yeah. like every department, all that. So the kids would basically, you know, there would be clusters like, oh, the, this, uh, fi- this server services like this half of the campus or whatever. And we would have a thing called DC++ where everyone could throw their illegal anime, uh, MP3s, uh, movies and whatnot, whatnot up there and just like just grab it. And that's how I got, that's how I got weeabooed.
2: <laughs> that, that, totally like getting to college it was like such a game changer for yeah you music get kids collection. from all
1: over the country all over the world sharing all, all right. their media and everything it's very cool
2: We, we, we our, our college radio station was just like a bastion for that stuff like at, we, people would just straight up like tell people over the air like oh if you want like my music collection this is my aim screen name and you can just do <laughs> You could just add them as a buddy on AIM. Yeah, AIM file essentially get that. file. Yeah, yeah. It was like a like a, a less uh, sophisticated. We version actually of it. in
1: my high school, like in my senior, junior and senior year of high school, so like two thousand two, ish. I want to say, um, before even that, yeah, we were literal, we were literally just hucking MP3s onto the school's servers, like the same servers that held our grades and stuff, and they were just in like Windows file folders. Yeah then we just would name them things like, you know...
2: Punk ska cover Punk underscore. ska cover.
1: Yeah, and you know, no te- and teachers and administration just weren't acts. Access- they just would not click past one or two folders to yeah. see what was there. Yeah. Ah, it was great. I, it, we were I, just naughty kids. <laughs> I,
2: I feel like... At the time, it, you definitely felt like it was a shortcut to getting access to things—not even the money, but just like the expediency. Like I just, oh, I just heard this that that this uh, American Hi-Fi song on MTV. I want that song. Well, I now. guess that's
1: what like YouTube is now. I mean, that's YouTube, again. TikTok, yeah. all that now. But it's just yeah. like it felt—it felt more special when yeah. you're like, oh, I'm going into this hidden thing that only people in my generation, only cool kids know. only the cool kids know yeah. about, and it's I, like yeah. really seeing like somebody's personal. You know, and also people because they people would name them. There's a whole like, oh, do you tag your files so when they show up in iTunes, they look correct, or do you are you just like a chaos gremlin and you name them whatever you want? I was like, the former for sure. Yeah, I like was really Dave Sick mix track number 17, track, track zero one, <laughs> about MP3. yeah. And then you're like, what is this?
0: I you're unlocking um, a memory because I was going to bring up Napster, but I want to say I vaguely recall even before Napster came out. Um, somehow finding just, like, the raw IP address of someone's, like, FTP server. Maybe even just, like, using search engines, like, managing to find, like, an open directory with, you that know. That happened all the time for yeah. me. Yeah. Uh, but this is, like, early, early days, before anyone knew what MP3s were. And I, I think I got, like, a couple Talking Heads songs or cool. something. And I was, like, the only way I could listen to this to this band that, you know, from the 80s. Yeah. I did get Napster, like, right when it hit, like, 1999. and yeah. I filled out my hard drive with uh, with like hundred and twenty eight, you know, kilobyte per second. Yeah. MP three just good enough. Just good enough. I wanna say I, I spent a lot of time just I, I didn't know what to look for, so I just typed funny words into the search bar <laughs> to see what would show up.
1: Again on a Napster and like searching peep, poop. Poop, fart, pe- just pe- like come to, think,
2: come to think of it, you know. When I first heard of Napster, it was through Kurt Loader on an MTV news story. So, probably yes. around that time, like 99, 2000. Mm-hmm. But I feel like all of my Napster, LimeWire, what was another one? There was a treadmill. Morpheus. That they'd they'd get ah. shut
0: down. And then you're like, yeah, Audio Galaxy. I'd like. Audio Galaxy. Yeah, you yeah. Had
1: every, and then everyone en masse had to move to the next. Yeah.
2: But you, when I would go on those services to look up songs, it was never like, I don't, I don't was there like a. Front end that would let you see what was trending because I would always yes. be like, I Actually, had to put Actually, there in... was. Yeah? yeah, there,
1: there oh. was. I remember. I, f- I don't know if it was Napster, but you would, de- you basically boot up the program and would be like, these are the hundred most popular files that are uh, being shared right now. Gotcha.
2: I, I, would usually type in like manually, like I want this Lincoln Park song or yeah. whatever. Yeah. No,
1: I think it was pretty much arranged by like because the whole deal with Napster and stuff is like seeding, right? The, pe- yeah. the more people who are seeding, aka hosting no. the file,
0: it wouldn't help you at all if like. Multiple people had the file, the way that torrents work. I think if oh, you downloaded a file, yeah, yeah, torrents I'm that way. you think peer-to-peer. It was it was just like direct like from someone's
1: computer. I'm thinking of DC plus plus and torrents. I'm sorry. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Please pardon me.
0: So but 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 with Napster, if no one was online at that moment who happened to have a copy Yeah, you of just the didn't song, get the file. Yeah, you just search later for the
2: same
1: song. I spent one year trying to download a song.
2: <laughs> I, I one time I really wanted to watch Sledgehammer, and this was before I had my Peter Gabriel music video DVD. And I had dial up internet. That's how
1: you had to do it, kids. It was an
2: overnight download for like a 42 megabyte video. Mm-hmm. Was this Kaza? Because I think that's yeah. when videos. Yeah, I downloaded.
0: Is that uh, how
1: you pronounced it?
0: Kaza, Kaza. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah. Real <laughs> media file rips of uh, Space Ghost, Coast to
2: Coast.
1: Yeah.
3: Uh, Adult
2: Swim was like made for shitty video
3: compression.
2: Oh. <laughs> like, no one's going to watch Aqua Teen and notice their keyframes that are out of sync.
0: <laughs> I don't know. Did you ever get heavily into torrenting music?
2: I mean, as much as the next red-blooded American, I I still have all my old MP3s. I still try to keep MP3s. If I get a CD, I I rip it and I'll keep the MP3s. I don't know why.
1: Now here's the thing. So now that we're all old and uh, we're established in our lives and have streams of income and revenue and we are also all creatives, I know that I actually don't remember the last time I pirated anything, certainly not within the last 10 years. I pay for media. I stream it legally or I just buy it to support artists. I was reading some sort of a tweet thread where somebody was saying I realized that the kids, to go back to the kids, don't know how to pirate. They don't know how to do this or that. Do you think that's kind of that kind of pirate radio stuff is dead now? That kind of making a mixtape, that kind of every, that culture that we were just talking about.
2: I see a lot of what I would label impotent threats on social media when a new streaming service gets announced that costs an entire seven dollars a month. That you can quit whenever you'd like. Yeah. Unlike cable. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I get it. I still box about this a lot. And people will start posting the memes. Well, guess I'm going back to pirating because I have to, if I want to watch Beavis and Butthead, I have to pay $7 to watch the entirety of that show or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I see a lot of that, but it's always advocacy coming from 30 somethings. Um, I mean, I'm not really friends with teenagers on the internet, so I wouldn't see it. But I, I also, you know, when you like run a torrent and you have Comcast or Verizon, they know now, and they send, get a letter. You get a letter. <laughs> I got one for Congo. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He <laughs> I,
1: ripped. Oh, that's right. How long yeah, ago was that? That
2: was when we did our Congo uh, uh, podcast.
1: You
3: stole Congo. Well, when I, we when we when we pirate movie
2: when we pirate movies or TV shows, it's because it's quicker than ripping the DVD or Blu-ray. Yeah. Like I've done that before. I, I I've like I I pirated all of Miami Vice, uh, because I had the Blu-ray and I was like I just don't want to like have to keep paying because it kept jumping ship it kept
1: changing platform ironic because those detectives would have busted they you would have got
2: yeah, oh yeah, they would have, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I, I i
0: pirated i pirate some music uh if i need it for uh for the mashup albums if, if, if i need like a flack version
1: for your illegal well i
2: mean those entire albums
0: <laughs> are an exercise in piracy so i don't care but you sometimes yeah. i could see and why you'd transformative want transformative work yeah
2: transformative you, work. you'd want the highest possible fidelity because you're gonna like you're probably gonna like do like EQing and phase cancellation exactly. and stuff. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, You're gonna f- fiddle with it.
0: And occasionally, I'll pirate an album that's just really hard to find. Yeah. Sorry, Wendy Carlos. Uh, <laughs> and I, uh, but but yeah, for the most part, I don't dip into torrents anymore uh, as much as I used to because it's so easy to find stuff now. It'll be on YouTube. If it's not on Spotify,
1: it's but, a but, lost, dying time. The but to Ming's point,
2: if you were like a thirteen-year-old Neil Cicerriga, mm-hmm. would you
1: steal <laughs> music
2: or would you just listen to it on YouTube? I think I would just listen to it on YouTube
0: and if it were. For the ads.
1: I mean, we had we had to be pirates back then because there wasn't YouTube when we were teens. Yeah, YouTube is new. <laughs> you know, what?
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. actually, I wanted to bring this up. Alex Winter, I, I brought up this documentary before, but he made a documentary about ten years ago called Downloaded, and it's all about Napster. Um, and like the, the creation of it and everything. Mm. And one of the big takeaways of it, and I got to talk to Alex Winter about this in person. Was he I,
1: wearing a crop top?
2: When I, when I ran into him? No, he was no, wearing, right. he, he, <laughs> he, he, I ran into him in London back in April. I don't know if I talked about this on the show. but It, it was, would have been
1: chilly to wear a it, crop top in London.
2: He, was, he And I, I told him to his face, my favorite part of that documentary is he flat out just illustrates like, this is what media distribution on the interlet, internet looked like before Napster and after. Interesting. iTunes looks exactly like Napster. Yeah. Apple looked at it and said, Well, what hey, if we just take this platform and make you pay ninety-nine cents a song? Yeah. Like Apple just it, it it before that, I mean, like there was like things like Winamp, but that was just for listening,
0: not no, ag- and yeah. for
1: downloading sick anime skins on too. Yeah yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, But like <laughs> as far as like Yes, I still I still load up Winamp because there's a couple things it does pretty well. Oh, I love Winamp. <laughs> I yeah. used WinAmp for
2: our wedding. It yeah, was you our did. DJ, yeah.
3: yeah. I'm an MPCHC guy. But oh, like, yeah.
2: but, like the, the the point being, like napster defined how we access music i mean i'll just say music through the internet like that's that's what itunes ended up looking like and other knockoffs of itunes uh and it's kind of, it's kind of crazy to think like that is how undeniable and irrefutable pirating mp3s was like
1: lawlessness becomes legislation like
2: you just have to do this, this is what yeah. everyone wants is like mm-hmm. like because no one had uh, do you think like it's like a blockbuster Netflix scenario where if like BMG or whoever was ready to go earlier on, like imagine you were buying CDs in 1998 and, the 1990, <laughs> yeah, and then Yeah, like, <laughs> and then like Sony, whoever comes out and says like, now you can get like the Chad Kroger song from Spider-Man for 99 cents just or for free for the first song or whatever. Sure. Like, like it's that didn't happen though. Like the record companies got forced into uh, providing a la carte song purchases and streaming through Namster. Mm. Uh, and it, I do wonder, nowadays, kids probably just have to beg their parents to pay the monthly fee for, like, ad-free Spotify and YouTube, right? That's got to be the equivalent to buying a CD. Yeah, right? yeah
0: so, probably. Well, my fans are, for the most part, pretty into the pretty physical.
1: Pretty conceited to uh, think that you have fans, Neil. Well, I
0: mean... <laughs> I know. The, the Lemon Demon fans out there are like my connection to young people who consume music. I, lo- I love so, you calling them I, the
2: Lemon Demon fans because that does keep them at arm's length and a direct. Like my, they're children.
1: I know. I know. I know. I
0: know.
2: <laughs> <laughs> many of them are children,
0: and many I, of
1: them are adults.
0: And I, it's like it is like a, a strangely skewed uh, statistic to look at, I guess. But I think people do like to buy uh physical media and yeah. I sell plenty of CDs still and I uh and vinyl seems to be like if you're going to do something get a vinyl it's bigger it's pretty
1: you can and put it on your wall yeah put it
0: on your wall and if you have a record player it's kind of fun to load it on yeah and um i, I there's yeah. definitely still a market for that and i think that is maybe uh uh just where like the the music fans who are a little more than casual
1: It's like anything. It's like, I mean, in this day and age where you have access basically to the Star Trek, you know, know, Holonet or whatever, you know, you have you have the computer bank. um, The decision what you're actually physically going to have in your home really is is more of a when we're going back to like you're discovering music as a teenager and you're deciding who you're going to be, what you're going to listen to, what you're going to focus in on. How's that going to define who you are? It's like with comics, too. It's like, oh, well, which book? am I going to physically have on my shelf if I can have them all on my Kindle or my iPad why, or whatever. That's why I have
2: to do, like my, my mid step there is like I I have to do trades and collections now. Because if mm-hmm. I get like a la carte comic books, it's fun. It's like a bit of like a blood sugar rush. Like, ooh, like here's like like an issue of a comic book. But sure. I, I, I mean, I still have like four white long boxes in my house now yeah. that are just, com- and I, I just, I've cut down on the a la carte physical purchase of comics. I, I've done, I've definitely done some, Comicsology is that the big one?
1: Yeah, well, it was. I think. I think actually, tech, like right now, there's some sort of industry-wide shift going on where Comicsology got acquired, and that's the other problem. Is like you know all of these hosting. Um, platforms or whatever they change yeah. you know and you just suddenly can't access the and what what <laughs> if <laughs> you've what if you've invested you a whole documentary
3: about well, that, well <laughs> that's mean, the whole thing that's,
1: yeah. like weren't you saying it's like when you buy a digital copy of a movie or whatever you're not actually buying the copy of the movie you're buying a license the permission the permission to see it so it's like you know if all of our dreams came true and at, and amazon was destroyed <laughs> tomorrow yeah. you know if you had bought any media on yeah. that you just don't have it anymore. So well, just, yeah. you just don't
2: have it. I, I, that's why I think that's a bigger. It's part of the reason streaming uh, model, uh, subscription models, have are, are a comfy approach for conglomerates like Amazon and Disney and uh, Warner Brothers. Because sure. I've I've gotten many emails over the last five, six, seven years from playstation saying listen we know you bought this episode of community and this episode of smallville on your playstation portable and mm-hmm. your ps3 back in 2007 but we're going to stop hosting it in six months right we're going to stop hosting it in three you have 30 days and all they're really telling you is like download it now to that specific piece of hardware that can license and play it mm-hmm. because eventually one day those servers won't be around and people get really angry when those headlines hit and i think a lot of folks have looked at like the the troubles that like i don't know if sony's really made headlines with that but i know app like anyone that has like a piece of hardware like an i like an ipod video or whatever and like to get that email that says listen we know you spent twenty dollars to get return of the king to watch on your ipod for some reason but you're not going to be able to <laughs> as watch peter it. peter jackson know, intended as he intended <laughs> so like, i mean i always just kind of like shrug and go well i mean yeah i paid like two dollars to watch that episode of like rick and morty or whatever that's not, that has been much older than rick and morty like the simpsons or whatever mm-hmm. um i get that it's going away but i think that's why subscription models are a little it's more honest it, it's a little easier for like an amazon to take on that versus you buying stuff because then like whenever they take it down, like the the negative press they're going to hit. I think I think they just keep thinking we got to wait a generation before we pull the plug. We got to wait 15, 20 years before we just stop keeping those servers and those licenses and those keys running. Hmm. Because to your point earlier about like our, what, what do the kids think nowadays? None of them are buying stuff a la carte. Like who the hell is going to... The only time people I think buy movies now digitally is like a one-time VOD purchase is when the movie's still in the theater. Like Top Gun Maverick you can right. buy it for like twenty bucks because the Blu-ray is not out
0: yet. Sure. You know, yeah. virtual movie ticket.
2: Yeah. Right. But you'll always be able to own that movie on that service. Yeah. You know, because Amazon's probably not going to go anywhere. Um. But I, I do think, um, I, I, I do question if people under thirty, no one's buying MP3s anymore, right? I
3: don't. Just I can't like imagine me? that they are. Just <laughs> yeah. freaks like you.
0: Maybe. I yeah. mean, uh, you'd know. I should know, but I haven't really looked at the stats anymore. I, I know I, I still make money on Bandcamp and stuff, which is you can buy the whole album or you can buy individual tracks, and I'm sure it's a mix of both.
1: But I th- I would think but, that uh, but, that happens mainly only for smaller, more independent artists like yeah. you. Like, people aren't buying, you know, Megan Thee Stallion. <laughs> I'm sure MP3s. she makes more money than
0: all of us combined on her individual track sales alone.
1: Yeah, we're the wrong people to talk about this because <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, you support creators and you probably buy more from people than the regular person. And Neil and yeah. I don't have time to consume media anymore. <laughs> so what are we doing sitting well, around I, this campfire?
0: I know. I like know. I'll say this. Questions. I'll say this. I've been trying to incorporate just music into our daily lives a little bit more yeah, me too. We, when we drive to drop darcy off at school this is why
2: you showed darcy that movie yeah because you want to like teach her how to do chores to music and yeah, stuff like exactly. that exactly yeah. <laughs>
0: well, well today we, sugar, we were baby. we were tidying up i have a, a bluetooth speaker i played some music off my phone off spotify i just put on like a spotify um Radio station, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and just listen to a bunch of groovy '60s music while we tidied up. Yeah, and uh, you know, we That's I,
1: great.
0: I I like that aspect of of it where you where you can create kind of a radio station. A shuffled list of songs you've never heard before, right? But which fit within a, a genre that you think you'll that you'll like. Computer,
1: yeah. play somber mood.
0: It's what <laughs> it's what the radio is supposed to be, but isn't anymore because yeah. it's all country music. Yep. Yeah. Um, speaking of radio, I, I do want to shout out WJIB. Our favorite radio. Our favorite station. radio station, which we do get up in Boston. I don't know where else. WJIB. It's, yeah, W-J-I-B. it's in it's in
1: Maine also. It's Also in Maine. It's, it's Bass, just
0: Brunswick. It's run by this one old gentleman. He named,
1: sounds like he's in his age. 80s or 90s. He
0: goes by Bob the Music Man.
1: Bob the Music Man 7 at AOL.com. Yeah. He's the only DJ for the station. There's no,
0: he very proudly tells you there's no ads. It's all, you know, user supported. And he only plays music from the 40s through 70s. Pretty
3: much. And
0: it's like kind of deep cuts and stuff. He played the Hawaii Five-0 theme earlier today. (laughs) He, He loves the Tennessee Waltz. A lot of interesting just stuff that kind of makes you like boomers more yes. wjib yeah. wjib and uh, yeah, it's an he... am station no
1: it's, it's, both. An F- well, it's both well it's F-M both it's both yeah. Yeah. it does make you like boomers more
0: <laughs> it does it makes me really feel for the poor people living in the 50s and how sad they must have
2: been
1: <laughs> this is all you had to listen to it, the, the, kind the, of ha- a banger though i
2: looked up wjib on google and like the the summary mm-hmm. is wjib fm 97 is a radio station playing beautiful music It's a genre. Capital B and capital M. No, I swear that is the name
0: of the genre of music. Beautiful music. Really? Yeah. Yeah, Fuck the rest of the music. It's not beautiful. (laughs) It's the
1: memories station.
0: Memory station. Everlong ugly. (laughs) Bob would find Everlong. Reprehensible. uh, Heinous. (laughs) That's about sex.
1: (laughs) But it's a very cute station because, I mean, it's a very local station. And uh, Bob, the Music Man 7, he always says, like, you know, as part of his interstitial, he always says, sad to say, we do not stream on the internet. If you would like to discuss these memory stations, please find us on our Facebook fan page where I will discuss this music with That's you. It is
0: very charming. But I did find someone on Spotify made a playlist of songs you can find on WJIB. Yeah. Uh,
1: anyway, I love radio. We listen to so much more radio now because for the longest time, Neil and I were city kids. Neither of us yeah. had a license. We just you know, bummed around on the subway system or whatever. Now, because I'm a mom, I am the family chauffeur and I drive people around. I drive our kid places. I drive us to the grocery store and stuff. I just listen to the radio and it's beautiful out there. There's still weird stations you can find. Awful stations too. There's something about the element of
2: discovery and the serendipitous nature of like, Mm. Oh, I'm going to go here. And this song happened to come on. Yeah. Like my jam. Like I, 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 92.9 92.9 is probably the station I put the on. The River. Is it still called WBOS?
1: WBOS The River? Yeah. I, I think so. Or it was.
2: A long time ago, I went to an Earthfest show they threw on that was just like painfully like an I Am Legend moment where like every band was like it was like the Spin Doctors and yes. the Gin Blossoms, <laughs> yes. uh, Third Eye Blind, yes. uh, Eve Six. Yes. Blind Melon? No.
1: Oh. Semisonic?
2: No. It was, it was like... Third Eye Blind, I've told you, I think I've told you about this story, but the best thing about that show is the Spin Doctors came out and they were like, oh yeah, sure. The Spin Doctors are like the third band and they were supposed to play for like 25 minutes or something. They played like an hour and they, they were easily the best band on cool. the line. Like really, Ooh. really good. Like I never thought about the Spin Doctors before, but they played the whole- uh,
1: I think the, about them a lot.
2: They, they played uh, Pocketful of Kryptonite, the whole album. Awesome. right? And like, like you could tell security was like getting like a little like exhausted with them. Like they weren't coming off the stage. So when Third Eye Blind came out at the end, uh, Jenkins, the 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 lead guy from Third Eye Blind,
1: saying, "You ready for something else?" He
2: he, he has his arms crossed and he comes up to the microphone and he's got his sunglasses on and he's chewing gum and he's not mad, but he's 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 looking cool. He looks a little hungover maybe, and he goes, "Hey uh, guys, we were supposed to play, you know, like good, like fifty minutes, but uh, something happened during the previous set and everyone starts to boo and he goes, and we can only play for twenty minutes." (laughs) Like so there was some miscommunication or whatever. whatever. So Third Eye Blind only could play like four songs. That's like all you
1: want to hear from Third Eye Blind. So. I just
2: went to the 25th anniversary show for their big, their first big album like a month and a half ago. Mm, and wow. like, they got, I mean, they, they got like an hour and a half out of their, their their library, but it was just wicked funny to see Third Eye Blind like they were supposed to be the headline <laughs> and they got squeezed. I'm
1: glad that he had kind of a good attitude about it.
2: Yeah, yeah. WBOS used to throw the best shows like all the hat show oh
1: I miss I missed BCN and you know FNX like the, the just the rock shows and... I saw
2: Cake at a free show there at one, of the, oh, one of those. Oh God, things. Cake's so good. Cake is really
1: good. Live. We love listening to Cake. I can't listen to Cake actually anymore when we drive because it gets me too roughed up. It's like at the end of the Fast and the Furious oh, movie, the oh, first yeah. one. they were like, <laughs> "We know that this movie got you pumped, but please drive out of like the cinema parking lot at a respectable speed." Whenever we listen to Cake, I'm always like,
3: "I'm going the distance." <laughs> I,
0: see, I feel like
1: Cake is more of like
0: a, a cruising, just like at a you feel like top down and arm out the window kind of music.
1: Not me, man, and I'm uh, the one behind yeah. the wheel. Yeah, I guess Short so. skirt and long jacket. I, remember... I am not hitting the brake for anyone. <laughs> Guys, do you ever feel that life is just one long progression of uh, releases? <laughs> <laughs> I'm
2: pretty sure I've seen. Do you ever move. feel yeah. like
1: we all we do <laughs> is consume? Yes experiences media
2: I, I think that's why it's so easy especially these mm. days to go back to old stuff because you just want to like get that that sugar high serotonin hit of when you first listen to that song or like watch that episode of that like that, that that one star trek episode that do got you ever you. wonder
1: what more there is to life rather than the pursuit of further acquisitions
2: i try to travel but it's expensive as hell yeah and, that, a... and that
1: in its own way is acquiring something
2: but buy, buying a house is like I, I I regret it every day. And I'm so sorry.
1: I told you I thought it was a key, good idea. I no, was no, 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 I was no, no, into no. the idea of that studio. You gotta build the crypt. Can uh, I you gotta the build, crypt? The, I crypt. That, build the, like the crypt. But uh, that but that's like
2: that is like the acquisition. Like brick wall is like holy hell a millennial. I understand because out. there are brick walls in houses. <laughs> sure. accent walls. <laughs> the I, I feel like. Do you think? Is there. If we, if we knew this we'd be the next billionaires, this is such a Ryan statement but what's the next step beyond streaming music like because like passively listening on FM radio and Spotify is one thing but is there like
1: it's going to be whenever Elon drops the brain chip that lets you experience the 5D the, media the black mirrors. into yes. your cerebellum
2: uh,
0: we, we uh, vibrating train tracks so you have to put your head on the train tracks to listen to music
3: <laughs> I like that that's this. a test yeah <laughs> Well, it's they also playing with your life. Well you, you've you've heard you of the
2: vibrating you've heard of the vibrating headphones, right? You know this, right?
0: Oh, like they, they shake your your
2: uh your bones,
3: right? They, they induct the they music rattle, through your rattle bones.
2: Rattle me bones. Yeah, yeah. That way you can like be like on a bike like without headphones on and you can like hear your music, but also like passively hear everything else. Like
1: Don't shake me bones. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I alright,
2: I'm gonna tell the story about um
0: I was on tour and our, our friend uh was like desperately trying to remember a product from his childhood that we were all convinced he had made up that he called mouth marbles that,
3: <laughs> <laughs> that
0: were marbles that you put in your mouth and they'd vibrate and they'd real, play a song and you'd, you'd listen to it by putting a marble in your mouth. What the heck? That's so
2: close to Is sounding this? plausible.
0: Right?
3: Like, and <laughs> what
0: I think it might be would, might be the, um, like lollipops that you put in your mouth that kind of vibrate yeah, to Yeah, music yeah, 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 yeah. And or maybe toothbrushes, but I think it's the what lollipop. The
1: heck are you talking? So about... They used to
2: make lollipops that would vibrate. You'd buy them in music. the checkout lane at yeah. Toys R Us.
1: You like... guys are fully in a different Mandela effect <laughs> universe than I am right now. It's probably one of the more obscure media. We grew up within a 20 mile radius of each other, at the same time period. And I have no recollection well, of any of these you products.
2: You're not the trash mouth I was. Do you think? You're right.
1: Do, do you I'm think a classy broad?
2: <laughs> do you think our like t- like adolescent tenure, like from the ages of like let's say eleven to twenty five, was the most transformative or like th- there was the most acceleration in terms of media access? Because like, yes,
1: absolutely, we're the only us millennials, us elder millennials, are the only generation that grew up in a pre and post internet world. Yeah. So there's no other generation of people that are going to have our subset of memories and experiences that. Honestly, um, we're cult- entire culture changing, society, society changing.
2: I think it has taught our generation to be healthily uh, skeptical and cynical because we've seen like, hey, why don't you buy this episode of SpongeBob SquarePants for $30 and it works only on your Game Boy? Right. That was a real thing that they yeah. were trying to sell us as kids, you know? Yeah. Like we, we've seen that and we saw all the failed attempts at that. And even like, the, like things like UMDs, which I feel like, Were probably not crazy. Now, what's that? Is
1: that an ultra mega disc?
2: A a universal media disc, Uh, which was was so close, and I was just (laughs) spitballing. So so when they made, they made uh, Sony made the PSP, which is the first. They're like Game Mm, Boy, sure, and like it had an optical media reader and a card reader, and you could buy movies on UMDs. They were just mini DVDs. I think I think every PSP for a while came with a free copy of Spider Man Two, and it was it it was not HD, but it was a sixteen by nine screen. So like, you know, my friends and I who all had PSPs in college and high school and stuff, we all had a couple. Everyone had like three. Everyone's like, oh, I've got Kill Bill 1. Well, I have Kill Bill 2. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've got I've got the Matrix 2. Oh, that sucks. I wish you had the first. One. Like that, that was kind of like episodes of Jackass and stuff you'd, you'd be handing around. But um, I remember that the growing pains that were occurring because not everyone had high speed internet, you know? So like you still, people still had the ritual in their head. Like, I'm going to go to the store. I'm going to hand a $20 bill over. I'm going to get robocop you know what i mean or i'm gonna you know what i mean like and nowadays it's just like even the idea of paying 20 dollars to buy a digital copy of robocop like it seems in 2022 prohibitively expensive like i'm not going to do that you know yeah like our generation went through like the the four or five like attempts at like trying to figure out how to digitally distribute media the new way we were going to do it because cds were a thing from the early 80s, like decades and decades of CDs, decades and decades of cassettes. And we and thought A-treps. they'd
1: last forever. We th- <laughs> nah,
2: disc rot. Man. Disc rot. Man. We experienced it one time. Neil we and I, yeah, we, you were, uh, when I lived in Somerville, Neil and I sat down, we were going to watch Superman Returns on Blu-ray oh, yeah. it was shitty out, right? It was like raining out and we put it in and the Blu-ray wouldn't work and we took the Blu-ray out and looked at the bottom we could see the disc rot and I was like, I've heard of this is the first time it's ever happened to me. Disgride. I can't watch my Blu-ray. Disgride. So wow. we put in the DVD and I, we watched for like 30 seconds. Like, do, I'm do do. Yeah. like, I'm not doing this. Well, to bring it back to
0: music, yeah, yeah. I, I think like the reason, yeah, we can't buy a album for $20 anymore is, I mean. Who we, has $20? Yeah. It's not who has $20. <laughs> I but have to I, eat. It is, Part of it is that ritual of being at the store and looking through the... You know, the going the to CDs Virgin Records with some everyone's. of your hard earned money. Yeah. The listening station. The listening station just to give yourself a sample and then I can't
2: think of a listening station and not Petra Hank Hill.
0: Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. And then to bring the album back and to like have that like intermediate period where you're waiting to hear the thing you just bought. Oh yeah. yeah I think that's just like it. a more like intense experience uh, for your money. Even though it's not an intentional
2: experience,
0: but it's, it is it's, an experience yeah.
1: versus just you know being like, "Are you sure you want to buy this?" File? Yep.
2: Yep. <laughs> Do you, you know you know the loud wars. Loud wars. Like in the early in the early two thousands, like people started noticing that audio engineers were mixing CDs louder and louder and louder. Not just CDs, but like okay. that that Johnny Cash cover of "Hurt" by Nine Inch Nails sure, is yeah. kind of like like the the exhibit A of like this sound. This is a great cover, but it sounds like shit because yeah. it's overmodulated and everything.
0: Yeah, it's the the thing where that you know, like they they put compression on it, so like every time it gets loud, even like a you know a drum a drum beat, it gets the volume goes down briefly. Ah,
3: okay,
0: and just to just equalize it, just to equalize it, and when you do it, you can raise the overall volume to normalize it, the peaks and valleys. Yeah, but it lacks punch. It lacks like I see. Uh, it's dynamic. less dynamic.
2: Yeah. At, do you, do you feel that? Because I, I feel like the medium has always shaped the content for worse. Uh, when it comes to the way we access art, right? A and, bold statement, but
1: I, I'll stand by it. Like, limi- I'll let you, l- yeah.
2: Like limitations are cool and all. Like, like, but there are fun stories. Like, why is the Hulk green? Well, because it was easier to get Some green. Some people ink say than,
1: that limitation is the mother of invention. That,
2: yeah, that, yeah, but like with with um with music streaming, sure. right? Like so, like okay, I'll just say Spotify. It's not specifically Spotify, but with Spotify, there have there must be metrics and analytics readily available to. Music proprietors that go, hmm, you know, songs that are exactly this length and exactly hit these mix. it, You know what I'm saying? getting? Yeah. It, like, like, do you feel like th- is this an old man yelling at a cloud thing to be worried that it all is, baby? There is a technical, <laughs> mathematically measurable homogenization of music that's going to happen. Yes. Because there's no way music. I, I, I mean, like, I don't feel like music can get easier to on digest
1: the, on the uppermost popular echelons of music yes it all I mean, sounds like club music yeah um, yeah and it's, well, that's just, yeah.
0: yeah i i think humans are good at doing that on their own yeah without a computer if you look at any like explosion of a genre if you dig through it there's a lot of really samey sounding music you know mm-hmm. and, and folk and rock and every every genre sure that has uh organically you know but so even
1: you're risen. asking are we eventually going to become the mono culture
2: well yeah <laughs> like do you think like because I, I i feel like i noticed this like five ten years ago and i don't i think music broadly speaking is better than ever because i can find the specific sound i want through a youtube or a band camp or whatever but Those i'm cool saying songs like out there man but like mainstream like the 10 bands everyone's gonna remember in 20 years from when they like if, if you're 13 right now Mm -hmm. 10 years from now you're going to look back and be like oh you know like lizzo taylor swift you know all that's like that they're the, the big name do you think even genre barriers have broken down because of like well technically speaking the chart says this will make the most money there's always been that but now it's like so like people spotify must know when you rewind a song to hear the part you like yeah you know? the
1: surveillance state aspect yeah. of the monoculture. I see what you're saying. Like, do you yeah.
2: think do you think those analytics are going to, because they've definitely changed movies.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah Have you seen a Marvel are, movie lately? Movies are so unwatchably <laughs> dull these days because of that. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. I don't know.
0: That's too big a question. Too it's big a question. Too, it's a Black Mirror episode. do hey, <laughs>
1: you want to do some Patreon questions?
0: Yeah, let's stop talking about music. Well, actually, no, the questions are all about music. All right, well... <laughs> Wait, I hit the wrong button.
1: <laughs> hit it again.
2: Welcome back, and we're going to do some questions from patrons at GuaranteedVideo.com. Yes. Or GuaranteedAudio.com. Do we both. Still, both. They
0: both go to the right place. Well,
1: now, once you uh, pay to access that Patreon, do you actually have eternal access to you boys, or is this just kind of a licensing thing where they have uh, limited... <laughs>
2: They're allowed to look at our personal lives in perpetuity. They like can DMS at any hour of the night on any platform. they're choosing.
0: We have a live 24 seven camera on Ryan at all times. <laughs> anyway, the questions we got, I, 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 I solicited questions and anecdotes. Um, I really only got questions, so Hi. no one wants to talk about themselves. All right. So Nathaniel roar asks, Kevin, can you detail your path to becoming a big Bruce Springsteen fan?
2: So if you've never listened to this podcast before, um, I like Bruce Springsteen. It, it, it probably has come up every other episode, right? The boss. My, my No one in my family ever listened to him growing up. I just got to sophomore year of high school, I want to say. And I was in a car ride with my mother to pick my sister up at a uh, band practice. She was playing flute at the time. And uh, on the car ride over whatever radio station we were listening to, played Dancing in the Dark and Born to Run back to back. Mm -hmm. and then the DJ said oh that was a doubleheader from Bruce Springsteen and I just said out loud oh that's the same guy wow those are two really good songs and I went out bought his greatest hits which is like the worst way to get into a band let's be honest Uh, (laughs) and then from there you know I just it was was a Springsteen head Uh, (laughs) I got like a DVD (laughs) collection of his music videos that was sort of like a better way to get into his music, I think, because a lot of his music videos are live performances and stuff. Mm. But yeah, he just, I don't know. Um, i it, it took me until college to find a bunch of friends who really liked Bruce Springsteen to the degree I did, and I could like talk to them. Joanna C. asks, was there a specific moment when
0: you realized that time was up for physical music media, at least in the mainstream? What sparked that realization?
2: This is this what we just talked about, basically? Yeah, but what was was there like what a was the specific moment? yeah?
3: What
1: was the last... Okay, we talked about what was the first CD you bought. What was the last CD you bought?
2: I mean, I bought some yes uh, two days ago at a Savers. Yeah, you're the wrong person to talk to. At a Savers, yeah. Yeah. Oh,
1: no, that doesn't count, though. Like, when was the last time you went into a Newberry Comics, some sort of a retail store, and bought a first-run copy of a CD where the profits were going to go directly to the record company and the artist?
2: The only time... The only equivalent I have is buying vinyls and CDs off Bandcamp, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, I... but. That that's I still do that as like a support of the band because if you buy the C D on Bandcamp, usually you get the MP3s with it. Yeah. So that, that's not that's that kind not, of yeah.
1: exi- Bandcamp kind of exists in a different category for me. I'm kinda of talking more like the yeah. music that you would hear on, you know, the top one hundred top exactly. one hundred.
2: I know what you mean. I, I I can't even remember. I'm trying to yeah. think of like the moment I realized it was over. It was probably Netflix. It was like, probably from borders to yeah, like I
0: don't yeah. know.
1: Borders is gone now, baby.
0: I think yeah, I think borders I bought a lot of music at Borders, and I think Borders going under mm. was kind of when I stopped buying a, a ton of music.
1: They had a better CD section than Barnes & Noble. <laughs> I don't know when, when that death knell was. I mean, I guess we can continue arguing about it and saying, well, d- did that knell ever actually really sound, or you know, is it still going on? Uh, I think people people are going to continue to buy media as long as they love something because the the collector mindset – but I would say that it was when we discontinued our uh, physical disc subscription from Netflix.
2: Uh, <laughs> movies.com or Movie Hole. What was it called when they, when they separated would... the
1: two? Oh, Movie Hole. That's sounds would just... right. <laughs> hey, kids, you like movie holes? <laughs> hey. hey. <laughs> <laughs> All right, continue. <laughs> Let's
0: see. Uh, High Stepper asks, I know that a lot of files on LimeWire, Napster, and the like were mislabeled. Yep. Do you have any standout memories of a file or song that was not quite <laughs> the same as what was promised? It's also, always... side note, this person says, I also just found out that LimeWire has apparently been revived as a music-based NFT platform. Oh, I same. heard about this,
2: yeah. Okay. I, All right, my, go on. <laughs> my favorite, I don't know if you call it a mislabel, was just how many songs on Napster were song title, then underscore punk Ska cover, yeah, yeah, even if and they weren't punk, those. ska cover like mm-hmm. a lot of mustard plug and stuff like that, yeah.
3: Oh my god, mustard, plug. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I definitely, yeah, I definitely actively sought those out and I never learned <laughs> any. Of, I mean, yeah, it was, yeah, it you was hike. definitely a, a couple of fun summers listening to you know, goofy ska covers and yeah. stuff.
2: Theme to the critic, punk ska cover,
1: <laughs> uh, that really, no, I just pulled it out of my okay. head. <laughs> You're a punk ska cover.
2: What well, well, other ones? There's a lot of like false attributions of bands. To but songs. I think
1: she. I think the question is more like you know, d- did you download something that said it that promised it was going to be a Madonna song? Oh yeah, that happened just, all the like, time. Some terrible punking thing. A yeah. lot
2: of bands were like, oh, this is a Rolling Stones song. It's like, no, this is not Rolling Stones.
0: Yeah, I can't remember like moments of disappointment, but I do remember <laughs> like I think we all remember like the uh, the so called uh, System of a Down, Legend of Zelda. Right, Same, you know yeah. Link, he come to town. That was not. It wasn't system of wasn't a down. System of down
2: my, my high school girlfriend made me a mixed CD of Bruce Springsteen songs once, and like half of them were Bruce Springsteen oh. because she just like like they'd be like, oh, this is like clearly John Cougar Mellencamp. But the MP3 was labeled Bruce Springsteen. You know, uh,
0: Brygog asks, who is the defining band of our generation? When you think of the biggest acts these days, it seems artists are the majority, whereas bands are fading
2: away, at least in popularity. That's yeah. a good point. That's the big yeah. caveat. Because if it's a rock, if it's like a performing band, it's uh, probably the Foo Fighters. Probably. But are, the Foo Fighters just aren't as ubiquitous as, I mean, you know, they're pretty ubiquitous.
1: The last big band was Imagine Dragons.
2: Yeah. the killers before that probably i want to
1: say
0: i'm not a fan of them but like maroon five i think we're like the last big radio just a band
2: every song was a hit
0: yeah Mm. foo Um, fighters are bigger than maroon five
2: we're not into metal at this table really i I guess some people love foo fighters metal stuff
0: i'm not talking in terms of how much the fans love them Yeah, yeah i'm talking in terms of like selling selling the most records at walmart
2: I just started swipe typing into my phone, biggest rock band. Mm-hmm. I wrote biggest and then I, I had swiped rock and it misappropriated it as dick.
1: Biggest dick <laughs> so band. So it was just
2: Googling biggest dick. Like, nope, not what I wanted. to look
1: <laughs> Yeah. <good>, a <laughs> likely story to cover how you were searching up big dicks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Braggog has a follow-up question and that is, would you download a car?
3: Oh,
1: yeah. Most definitely.
0: <laughs> of course. We all
1: would download. We would
2: download a car. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think we just spent an hour talking about how we would shamelessly download a car. Cars and then,
2: are prohibitively
0: expensive. And
1: then trade yeah. that downloaded car with our friends. It doesn't <laughs>
0: steal a car from someone else. It duplicates the car when you download it.
1: No, it's a victimless crime. No. <laughs> Ian T.
0: McFarland asks, what band have you been the most embarrassed to admit to liking when you were a teenager?
1: Zero. Love all bands. All music is cool. We Our first concert <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that we went to as a teenager was Weird Al, well, and he No, wasn't I have no cool shame then. about
0: Weird Al. Yeah. Did you
2: know you were both at that Weird Al show unbeknownst about the other one? Yeah, ones we were here? like
0: 11. We had the, not I, met
1: Weird yet. Al's Running With Scissor tours when you were 11 and I was 13, we both went to the same concert at the South Shore Music Circus. yeah. I, At which I, we found out way later. That's <laughs> such a cute story. That's
2: so cute. I, I I made that movie, The Creed. I wasn't into Creed. I was into Kid Rock when I was eleven or twelve, mm. and by the time I turned fourteen, I was like, "This is dog shit." Like even <laughs> as fourteen-year-old.
1: Oh, I guess maybe.
2: Kid Rock's pretty bad.
1: Yeah, Kid Rock's pretty bad. I guess maybe she's pretty good, but I guess maybe like Tori Amos. Like I like Tori Amos, but I feel I'm always like when I say, "Hey." You know, I bought the most recent Tori Amos CD in like the year of our lord 2006. I'm not yeah. like broadcasting it.
2: There, there's like a weird donut hole with that type of embarrassment because like on one side of it, like yeah, like there's like a Tori Amos, something that was like really emotional and yeah. you thought was the most artsy shit in the world like when a, you were yeah. and, and then you get a little older and you're like, I don't want to really talk about listening to I'm trying to give an equivalent to Tori Amos. Uh You mean a dude equivalent? Yeah, like maybe a <laughs> Linkin Park or something. I don't know. People people love Linkin Park. But, like, then, like, yeah, on the other side, there's stuff like Lit or whatever that, like, everyone's like, oh, yeah, that's trash. But everyone likes Lit. Everyone liked that one song, uh, My Own Worst Enemy. Mm -hmm. Um, But, no, I think Kid Rock, for me, is, like, the one I'm like, I I can't believe. Yeah, that's pretty goofy, Kevin.
3: Not even goofy. It's just (laughs) shit.
2: It's just, like, it's just a Beastie Boys wannabe that, like... Sings about being a pimp. It's it's the most like it's like the thinnest type of music ever
0: yeah. produced. In- Have
1: you ever felt shame at music?
0: I, I felt a lot of shame like at the time. So I don't know like <laughs> Well,
1: I mean, but that's just being a teenager is having a lot of shame. Yeah, and but cringe. like a lot of the
0: music I would I would like I'm going to play this They Might Be Giants song in public. And then, like, I'd immediately feel like no one else gets this. (laughs) Like, Uh, and I, yeah, I, so I, I, but I'm trying to think of, like, bands that I used to listen to that I don't really anymore.
2: Hmm. Um, I think it came full circle becoming closer and closer friends with you because the kind of stuff I should have been embarrassed about, we put on in the car. Like, hey, put on some Huey Lewis and some Robin and some Mariah Carey. You know, Stuff rules. Yeah, like. (laughs)
0: Yeah, yeah, and I, I think I have, like, a, like a more open attitude toward music than I did back then. So I'm not sure what the correct answer that to that would be. I got uh, a
2: coworker that's 10 years older than me. Who's really into new Jack swing. Cause that was like his thing when he you, was of age. So like yeah. we listened to Bobby Brown and new edition and stuff like that. Oh, cool.
3: awesome. New Jack swing. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: Like that embarrassment, it, it comes and goes. I think by the time you're our age, it's just like not that embarrassing anymore. worse,
1: worse things than uh, a bad music happened to yeah. you by the time you get to our age. Yeah. Um, Well, I'll I'll say,
0: like, I used to list, like, Fatboy Slim as one of my favorite artists. Oh, (laughs) that's cute. But that was, like, having heard, like, three songs of his.
3: That's really cute.
0: Oh, this is a little anecdote with a question after Sam Ballard says I made a mixtape CD one time for a love interest filled with tracks from the band Him, H I M, (laughs) and narrowly avoided gifting a personal mixtape of Weird Al, which uh, I ripped from (laughs) LimeWire.
1: My man.
0: Yeah. got to be careful with those Weird Al. Those, those are mislabeled. Yeah. Those will say things that Weird Al would never say. <laughs> He's a clean uh, ass. And Sam asks, do you think physical media will have a comeback due to the high energy cost as well as the price of multiple streaming services? No. Oh,
1: now that's an interesting, because I mean, we've been dilly-dallying over this issue the whole last two hours, but yeah. that's an interesting thing, the high energy cost.
2: I, I think um, it'll come down to if the, the record labels and... In- publishers see a fiscal incentive to like printing the CDs and opening up the plants there. I mean, there's that company limited run games that still like does physical publishing of indie games and stuff. Yeah. And you have the equivalents with like music label, like Bandcamp bands and stuff. But I
1: think people just will curate a lot more. I mean, it was a very, it was a very common sight when we were younger to, yep. you know, go see, go into somebody's house or dorm room or whatever and just see, you know, a wall that was completely filled with I- IKEA Things of CDs and DVDs, and people would just have hundreds or thousands of things. Right. I don't think it's ever going to get to that point again. People are going to self-curate more because now that wall space is dedicated to Funko Pops.
2: You know, what's gonna <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be those scenes. There's like two or three of these scenes in V for Vendetta where like Natalie Portman goes to someone's house and they bring her to the back of the house yeah. and they pull the lever and there's yeah. like a whole safe in the back of just like, you know, like totems and like like Eight a Koran But when else Natalie it's going to be like weird Al CDs?
1: Yes. Yeah, no, I I I think this with thing, the yeah, has, child.
0: I think it has settled into its final market share.
1: It's never gonna be as big as it was, but yeah, yeah I and think I think we will, should be. It will persist. Yeah, as a collector's item.
0: Yeah, as a collector's item, there is definitely a, a solid market, and we're we're blessed that vinyl kind of like came back to right. to like be like a huge part of that. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think that's about where it's gonna stay. Rosemary asks what were some of the first songs you enjoyed enough to burn to cd for easy repeat listening and why specific songs
2: i I remember when i would first when i first had a cd burner accessible to me it was through high school as i mentioned earlier Mm. and i would do the thing where like i would download like three songs and feel so lucky yeah i would like burn a cd with those three downloaded songs and then the rest of the cd would just be like another album i ripped yeah, because I was just so excited to burn a CD. I'm like, oh, I filled up the whole 700 megabytes. You
3: yeah, know?
0: <laughs> I still have some of my old mix CDs that just say random on the front or whatever. Yes, yeah, car trip. Yeah, there was there was a pair of mix CDs that my mom actually made, or that we helped my mom make because she was throwing a Halloween party one year, and she had all the she had a list of songs she wanted to put on it, and they were all like funk songs she remembered. Nice from like you know 70s through the 90s seeing
2: if you could stump Napster.
0: Yeah, and it was like the like the latest track on it was like um uh the Backstreet Boys back song. Uh, yeah. Cute. But there was like a lot of like Rick James era stuff on it, like you dropped a bomb on me and you know let it whip mm-hmm. and stuff. And that that album was like such cool music. I just want to like compliment my mom's music taste here. And She's uh cool lady. and like like that everyone in my family would like put that CD on like, like in the kitchen and just uh it got a lot of use it was called called nan's mad mix one and two <laughs>
2: the, the other night i was in at, at this uh, rooftop bar uh in uh, hill's kitchen um called the press lounge like dozens of stories up or whatever looking out over new york at like one in the morning right like, like picturesque like super mm-hmm. nice uh, living the life and like you know cocktail in one hand like and, and and like they uh they they were playing random music you know like light music on this rooftop bar and they started playing the Backstreet Boys song. Nice. Yeah. And
1: everybody lost it, I'm sure.
2: And they got like 20 seconds in and they changed the damn song no! to like some like easy listening. It's like, a good song. It's a good song, but it kind of pissed me off. I was like, how, how dares- did that get in there <laughs> if you weren't no. going to commit to it? Yeah, like, commit, you got to commit to the boys. Maybe it was like three weeks too early. Like uh, it's still September. Wow. We can't play right,
1: yeah. right. I actually think that the first songs that I really have memories of burning were probably like j-rock visual k stuff mm. that i found again through LimeWire, like Sick. lark and cl malice miser um duran gray things like that um yeah just you know weird like import stuff that yeah. was that you just couldn't find in the store.
0: oh yeah yeah i had like rip slime burned to cd rip slime
1: like, yeah yeah very good early in clay
2: uh, when uh <laughs> Gacked. When I kinda hit my sophomore era of loving Bruce Springsteen and I discovered Backstreets.net and these Bruce Springsteen forums, you could you I was finding people who are uploading like studio outtakes and stuff before that that kind of recording would be commoditized by Springsteen and his fellow artists. Like mm. they, it was before those rock bands realized people would pay money yeah. to hear like, well here's like the lyrics from this song over the melody of this song like like in a very rough primordial stage and Outtakes. i ate i ate yeah i ate that shit up i still do like like neil's like gotten annoyed with me putting on like here's like the eight minute cut of raspberry beret and neil's like oh boy eight minutes of raspberry Beret.
1: <laughs> that's a great song it is
0: a good song but eight minutes is a little bit too much there's like an
2: opening 90 seconds of just like finger symbols like and like the line. i love that shit that, that was the stuff that i loved about the early days of napster oh i mean like like my when I got to college and I was still pirating music and stuff, like that's the stuff I would look at. Stuff I couldn't just buy, you know. Yeah. yeah. Like
1: yeah. in college, somebody said that "Raspberry Beret" was the song that reminded them the most of me, and I'm like, "What the hell, man? I was you always too. I'm always wearing clothes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a never nude." <laughs> uh,
2: it's also like that. Like, listen to any lyric in that song. <laughs>
1: like, this reminds me. All right.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Had Just kind a kind
0: of uh, trashy affair last year. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, Aaron's quest asks: Have you ever had a strange concert experience?
2: Oh, gee, like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you've got—I mean, you got a good one. I that's do. not even strange. We've talked about it on the show before. Uh, is it Nick Jonas? Um, Nick, <laughs> yeah, oh, Nick
3: yeah,
2: Jonas. Yeah, probably oh, that was really one. cute.
0: Yeah. Joe Jonas. Joe Jonas uh, was a fan or is a fan of the Mouth albums. Uh, that I had made Joe Jonas like messaged his me. band DNC his band DNC who were pretty who were very big at the time and uh were playing at the TD Garden TD Gardens a huge stadium arena they're playing a huge show and uh they said like hey do you want to like come to the show and uh we could meet up backstage the whole band wants to meet you and I was like <laughs> this is crazy but yeah let's do it so um, we went so we went and like met up with like the point man like uh, and he brought us like through this like whole like you know through the backstage area, yeah, yeah like yeah. this this winding path all, around uh, all the fans and everything was it like
2: that scene in Wayne's World where they meet Alice Cooper <laughs> it right. was more like uh, you know Frankenstein
0: wastes a minute of your time on Conan O'Brien.
3: So and, we get um, through all the back halls. So we
0: get there and like the the bodyguard or like their manager or something is standing in the door. And it was he a says, very scary bodyguard. Yeah, it was a scary guy, and he said, and his he,
1: arms were crossed. He's like, "Who are you? You can't come in here." Remember yeah, he said, "Like you
0: know, you can't come in. You can't come in." You know, I was like, "Oh man, yeah, I knew this wouldn't work. He's too famous." But then the guy he like broke. He's like, "They told me to do that." He's
1: like, "You can't come in until you wear until these." Until you wear these, and <laughs>
0: they gave us special backstage passes that had my face on oh. them, like a little laminated <laughs> cutout picture of me.
2: I didn't know this part of the story. That's yeah. Right. So so they, they
0: went out, yeah. they went to Kinko's for me and I went there <laughs> and they had like filled the room with a bunch of like pictures of your face, pictures of my face, kind of like meme images of me and it was like, a, a and, like smash picture. mouth jokes and stuff.
1: Yeah. They decorated the whole green room as, as Neil. It was a Neil themed green room party. Uh, just like, a, just a truly bizarre. They, they all like jumped out from behind the couch. Like. Smash <laughs>
2: yeah, like
0: yeah. Um, and dropped a net on you
2: too yeah like, <laughs> it was very weird and cute i always tell people it's nick jonas because i i don't quite know the jonas learn your Joni.
1: <laughs> the jonai brethren but they were all super very nice and it was really fun and we stayed through their whole set and then we left before the main act yeah so i don't know who it was I,
2: um, you can't top that story for a strange concert
0: experience it was pretty strange i mean the other strange concert is weird al where uh you know we as we mentioned we were there synchronicity we were there that's great
1: we did not know we would later grow to know each other and i like to think
0: that our eyes locked at some point and we're just like ooh, (laughs) girl ooh, boy boy. (laughs) (laughs) that's cute not here for love i'm at a weird Owl show yeah yeah that weird Owl show
1: got into weird al well that to... weird
0: that weird Owl show is also my other big meeting a celebrity backstage story okay Bla-
1: mr blessed life <laughs> yeah is there santa claus was here?
0: there <laughs> no but i mean this is when i was like 12 and uh i don't know if i've told the story before but weird al had uh, on the tour like had like would pick a lucky winner from each show to go meet the band backstage and it was picked over email so you just emailed like his drummer on the Weird Al website. (laughs) And I was probably the only person for the Boston show who emailed. So I got picked and me and my whole family and and all went backstage and we met, you know, the whole gang. We met the bassist and the guitarist and Weird Al himself. And uh, it was super nice. I think I got, you know, I got, got some, um, you know, some uh, photos signed and it was just
2: cool. I I have like fun concert stories, but they're not like, weird or, or strange or yeah. exceptional They're you know like I, I gave a noogie to one of the guys from lit at a lit concert once i got to meet <laughs> everclear but who gives it
0: a... <laughs> you got to meet everclear
2: all of them wow i went to a goo goo dolls concert once and it turned weird. out that it was them playing with train and i didn't know and like everyone and the crowd was wearing train shirts train. and stuff. And I, train. and I was like just thinking train. to myself, like train, 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 train. <laughs> train. train. Oh, we're stopping the they, chance. They, 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 it freaking uh, train was treated like the headliner. And like I was sitting there thinking, like seriously thinking, we talked about this on the podcast right after I went to that show. I was like, I can't name <laughs> three train songs. Why were people. I can't
1: name one. What was their hit? Do...
2: Drops of Jupiter. Yeah. Oh, right. Uh, meet, meet Virginia. Virginia.
1: Oh, meet Virginia. Okay, yeah.
2: uh Hey, Soul Sister. There you go. You can name three. The. But the Goo Goo Dolls have like...
1: What do they got? Iris? Like,
2: <laughs> Iris, name, Broadway, Black Balloon. Oh, we got a real fan. Uh, we got a Goo Goo like, fanatic. He's is gone, Goo Goo. Stay with you. Better days. Like, Day- they, they, <laughs> All they, they, right. They were on Smallville. Like they,
1: <laughs> <laughs> The greatest barometer <sighs> of a fine musical act. Nah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, okay.
0: Well, one more question from Aaron's Quest, and yeah. we'll, then we'll stop. What side of the battle of Britpop were you on, if at all? Blur versus Oasis. <laughs>
2: <laughs> blur.
1: Blur, blur, yeah,
2: blur. Uh, what was Blur? They had song number two. And...
1: Park Life. Boys who like boys who like girls who know girls. Oh, yeah. That's a great song. Always I- something there, too.
2: I think I'm Oasis. I think I have to be a
0: No. I love that. Go
2: do your research
0: first. You know
1: what? <laughs> actually, Kevin, here in my spindle of CDs, I think I have a Blur album. and I, I think I'm it's gonna... in the case. I Don't Look Back in
2: gonna... Anger is a real good tune.
1: Well, I'm going to just lend, you know what? Boys uh, who buddy, like girls who like yeah, I'm going to yeah. lend you this CD, and mm-hmm. you're going to listen to it on the way home. Let me find I do it. have
2: a CD player in my
1: car. And you're going to come around to it, and you're going to like Blur. You're going to like Blur. I can it. I probably will
2: it. like Blur
0: more. I actually haven't listened to a ton of either band, so I can't my gut is
2: telling me blur though
1: they're uh more eclectic yeah
2: oasis is kind of like you kind of know what you're getting yourself into they're
1: always oasis whereas blur will sometimes kind of genre bend that's what i'm saying like the, the main also one uh, damon Albarn. Yeah, and he's okay, also in so, gorillas yeah i love
0: gorillas so
2: okay yeah, yeah that's my thing is like i know song number two and like it's hard to Woo-hoo! imagine that song like a sound alike to that song you know oh that's saying?
1: that's very much an outlier that's, that's what not i'm saying what yeah. most of their music sounds like
2: yeah i love when a band has that like one really big song that sounds Fuck all, like the rest of their music. Here's a blur.
1: Tender is the night. Oh, right. I know that song because Cornelius remixed
2: it. (laughs) (laughs) We used to sing that as a lullaby to Darcy.
3: Yeah,
1: we did. Here you go. Please, take my CD.
2: Blur 13. So is this like an actual Blur album or just like a best, like a greatest ticket? I believe
1: that's an actual album.
2: Done. I'll listen to this. I'll be stuck on Route 3 shortly. Yeah,
1: you will. Pop, pop, (laughs) pop, then the old player. And uh, you know what? That's something you can't do with your digital licensed files. You can't hand a file to a friend. Yep. Nope. You You can't can't send a link. You wouldn't send a link to a friend, (laughs) would you?
2: (laughs) Well... This was a good episode.
3: Yeah. Was, <laughs> was,
0: was
2: it? It wasn't as, as was funny it? as our normal ones, but I... but no, it was nostalgic. I'm
1: sorry. Did I bring the tenor down? No.
2: We had nothing planned. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. You know, this
0: is a good episode because I got to pet a cat the entire time. Yeah, she was been just, sitting next to me. He was just
1: it. rubbing Maple's little furry coat.
2: I hope the audience so enjoys this one. It was it was a fun uh, subject to ruminate on.
0: Yeah, I hope they're all like younger than us, and they get a kick out of like us talking about. I, it was one If of...
1: they're younger than us, they're gonna hate everything we just said hey yeah. listeners write in did you hate this I,
2: it was one of those conversations where like every like 30 seconds i had to, i felt myself stopping to go back to give context because i'm like i'm just taking for granted they know what the fuck i'm talking i also about. just
1: <laughs> felt like i'm so boring and old it's hard it's
2: hard to keep up that's why you have to pick subject matters they're just stupid shit yeah. like doug and like power rangers movies and stuff because Try that it. that way you could just keep up the energy and laugh at how stupid it is but you can't oh. you don't want to laugh at how you don't want to laugh at like music. I <laughs> want to laugh speaking. at how
3: long ago this stuff was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: Another gray hair. I'm rapidly going gray. Now. I think this I'm
2: conversation has giving us gray hair. I'm getting at my beard now. Now that I've shaved my head, I, I haven't. I should have mentioned that in What's Going On in My Life.
3: Oh, <laughs> I shaved my uh, head. Super stop villain.
0: The, <laughs> stop the presses. Kevin shaved his head. <laughs>